Welcome to Best Threesome Ever, a podcast discussing all things revolving around nerdy pop culture. Probably not what you were expecting, but it's just as fun. Now here are your hosts, Nick, Rob, and Kevin. Where's the line in my hair? Oh my god. Oh yeah, your hair that's made for podcasting. (laughs) There's your opening line right there. (laughs) All right, here we go. Best threesome ever, episode 109, brought to you by Heroic Goods and Games and Jaybird Wines. I'm Nick. I'm Rob. I'm Kevin. And I'm Abby. Yay! Yay! We have a lady present. (laughs) All right, put your pants on. Hi, Abby. (laughs) Hey. How are you? I am great. So good to hear your voices again. Yeah, no. For those of you who don't know, we've mentioned Abby many times on this podcast, but she's in Boston. So she's in some weird time zone that we don't know, that I don't understand. But um, it's just one hour ahead. It's Easter. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's complicated. Just, it's eight o'clock it's, versus seven o'clock. It's fine. Pretty, pretty yeah. You know, time is time. Time is a social construct anyway. So See, get out of here with that. Abby gets me. <laughs> All right, we're gonna get deep on this episode. So, so Abby, before we get deep, as Rob likes to do. Okay, when you, say, when you um, say it like that, though. Why don't you Why don't you tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself so they kind of know your background? Because I'm going to put you on the spot. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, sure. Well, uh, I am from Minnesota. That's where I met you guys working at the Minnesota Renaissance. You never uh, heard of it. Yeah, I don't know. Some really weird place where some strange stuff happens. I like to <laughs> block it out of my memory sometimes. On the advice of my lawyer, I uh, am invoking my Fifth Amendment rights. Uh, so I... <laughs> I'm just going to move Sorry. past that. <laughs> That's what we always do. Just keep talking. Just talk through the rub. So um, I have a degree in biology. And then after I graduated, I moved to Boston a couple years ago. I currently work at Boston University and I do research on neuroanatomy, um, specifically studying monkey and human brains. And I am studying some diseases like depression, schizophrenia, some of those emotion-related diseases. And we're trying to have a better understanding of how different areas of the brain are connected and how they um, are dysfunctioning in some of these diseases. So you're like the East Coast Amy Farrah Fowler, but, but with more personality. I'd say maybe a little bit more badass. Well, in, yeah. in case anybody needed to know how much better she is than us, you now have all the evidence you need. Yeah, I was going to say, she's over here classing up the joint, and you make a Big Bang Theory reference. Right. Come on. You're better than that. <laughs> she also throws axes. Yeah, yeah I, I throw axes, and also recently I've gotten into archery, which is really fun. Yeah. Hey, I'm good at that thing. <laughs> he said oh, so convincingly. I really am. I, I believe you. It's just the way you said it. Yeah, I um, actually, when I moved out to Boston, I became a coach, and I used to actually teach people how to throw axes competitively. And um, I don't teach anymore, but I still do throw competitively. And I even, during quarantine, set up a target in my backyard. So just keeping that up a little bit. Sure. What else? What other nerdy things are you into? Something else with rhythm, perhaps? With what? Rhythm. Oh, yeah. I, um, I'm really into swing dancing. In college, I was a competitive ballroom dancer. And then um, I came out to the East Coast, realized that that's a really expensive hobby. And I got into West Coast swing dancing, uh, which is just a, a little bit more laid back. And I actually got to travel um, all over the East Coast competing. And even in Canada, I competed in Canada. 
And uh, other than that, some of my other nerdy interests include Dungeons and Dragons. I am a <laughs> nerd. <laughs> nerd and I am not ashamed of it. I even, um, I've gotten into um, DMing a little bit since I got out here. And actually, my first friends in Boston I made from doing Adventure League at my local game store. Nice. Yeah, I'm actually planning, I'm starting soon, a campaign, and it's a Space Pirates campaign, because I just saw Treasure Planet for the first time last week. Oh, I'm tired. Nice. You, you know what movie you should watch? Well, you probably shouldn't, but you should. Watch Ice Pirates. It's horribly 1980s, but it's space piratey at its space piratiness. Okay, but also, since since we're giving bad uh, movie ideas to you, also I mean, watch the argue. movie... Yeah, also watch the movie Pirates. Pirates. Like the, the Evan Stone yes, uh, I masterpiece. Do mean, I do, in fact, mean the Evan Stone masterpiece. One of the greatest Pirates. movies I'll ever made. Ooh, you know what you should watch about Space Pirates? A little show called Firefly. It's Casey I actually just saw that for the first time, too. Uh, just this, was it spring? Yeah, it was when quarantine started. About... Really? I wish you could see the Treasure Planet. Is I, I thought you saw it way before then. I guess a little context about that, because that'll kind of lead into what we're talking about a little bit. I, growing up, was a huge book nerd, and I was into fantasy and sci-fi and all that's great, but I hardly spent any time watching TV shows, so there are a lot of pop culture references that I'm just now getting to, and I am 24, for context. You're killing me, Smalls. It's okay, you you got time. I actually, in college, I was on my friend's radio show, and we did a segment called Under a Rock, where I would describe famous movies that I haven't seen without seeing them. So just based on, they'd give me, like, the name of the main (laughs) character, and then I would just base it on anything I'd seen on, like, Facebook, movie posters, any of that stuff. It was hilarious. Nice. My favorite was actually when I described The Martian, because I... I was put on the spot to come up with some alien names, and I came up with some really horrible, horrible ones like Borg and Smorg, and I don't know. But for in my, in my version of the Martian, um, the the guy who comes along is the um, space vlogger, and they leave him behind because he's not actually a scientist. <laughs> All right. you know, I still haven't seen the movie, actually. I really have no idea what it's about. Although I, I did hear after the show that act, he was actually like a botanist or something. Correct. Yeah, but my version, it was a little more funny. Like, they just forgot about him. They, like, got to Mars and were like, well, this is lame. And then they turned around and then they were like, oh, oh shit, we left our social media person. And then they went back. But in that time, he had a great life and he met an alien and settled down. And it was it was a beautiful story. <laughs> Your movie so was more like it. Mission to Mars. Got it. Yeah. 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 So um, I, like, I did see Doctor Who when I was in high school. Not the old Who, but the new Who, um, which I have still kept up with it. I haven't seen much of the new female Doctor, though, because of the paywall. But, uh, yeah, I've watched Doctor Who. I did grow up with Star Wars and with um, Lord of the Rings. Like, I watched Lord of the Rings from a young age. Well, you're, so, ahead, of, you're ahead of the three of us on that. None of us have seen those. 
Wow, that silence is lasting a lot longer than it should have. I think. No, I think that was the correct amount of silence. I'm done, Rob. I just want you to think about that. I never do. Put him in his corner. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. Why is the silence getting sexy with itself? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Go ahead, Abby. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Um, yeah, so there were some famous um, pop culture references that I did see. But, like, I I didn't even honestly read Harry Potter until I was in high school. Um, so, and that's same, but that's when it came out. <laughs> uh, so, I was a little late to that party, and um, now I'm a little... I was late to Firefly. Finally saw that, which Kaylee is my favorite. I love Kaylee. And then, uh, now... You're correct. Now Star Trek. I am just getting into the Star Trek universe. Right, which we'll get into. Which you, you started at a very peculiar spot. So it was did you start with disco? I yes. Guess? Yeah. So okay. I I've always wanted to watch Star Trek, but you know, there's always so many shows to watch. It just kind of kept getting brushed aside. I didn't know anybody else that watched it. At least I didn't think I did. But then all of a sudden, I find out that my mom is a huge Trekkie, and she months ago started bugging me like calling me like abby have you seen discovery yet i will give you my cbs account you have to watch it I'm like why this is another star trek and she said i don't know i think you'll really like it because there's biology in it which speaking of hi mom hi i love you hi mom hi mom. i love you i i yeah <laughs> but uh she kept bugging me and bugging me and bugging me until finally i was like fine you know what I'll give it a try. Uh, so I did, and I found that I actually really have enjoyed it. And I've always been wanting to get into Star Trek anyway, but its discovery is very well done. Yes. And we'll get to it in a little bit, but I think Nick has some other things on the we list. We will. We'll keep people in suspense. That's a little, that's a little tease, and then we'll uh, we'll let them go through all the boring stuff, and then we'll get to the more exciting stuff. A little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I don't want to, I don't want to ruin like your your good happy mood with like starting off with like bad news. But I think we need to talk about the bad news first mm-hmm. because I mean it happened and we need to fucking talk about it because. <sighs> so two people passed away this past couple weeks. One of them being Naya Riviera from Glee and other great shows, but most people know her from Glee. And of course, uh, Grant Imahara, who was on MythBusters and was actually a bottle a BattleBot champion. If you remember that show. I did um, watch that show. He worked on a lot of movies. Star Wars prequels, yep, uh, yep. R2-D2. Yep, yep. He did a lot for, like, ILM. and He's he's responsible for the mechanics in R2 yeah. for most of the prequels, if not also a lot of the sequel trilogy, too. Right. And, yeah, I didn't and, know that. Yes, and both very just tragic and sudden. Like, Naya, apparently, there's... It... I'm still messed up over that one. I was, yeah. uh... Oof. Yeah. You were you were a, uh, a fan. The first couple seasons, yes, a very very big fan, and then I kind of it kind of jumped a shark and uh, I was out. But I was with you. Yeah, the, uh, the the curse of that show is becoming very real, and we need to uh, form a protective boundary around Heather Morris, yeah, um, and Darren Chris and a couple others. Yeah, um, Chris Colfer. Yeah, yeah, Jane and Lynch, Jane Lynch, yeah. Jane Lynch especially, mm-hmm. but not Leah Michelle. Leah Michelle, she's been through enough. She has. She's pregnant. She's changed. It's fine. <laughs> I don't like to bring them, you know, like, but I, like I said, I think I feel we owe them a little gratitude because, like, it was like I Grant was probably one of my favorite MythBusters. Um, Naya was 
Not my favorite Glee cast member, but definitely... She became my favorite cast member. She, she had the best character arc. She did, yes. Bitchy cheerleader bully to just misunderstood lesbian. Right, and I and I agree that I agree to that 100%. So yes, she'd be number one there, but just in general, my my favorite is Heather Morris because she's... Because Britney S. Pierce is perfect. She's yes, perfect. and yeah. she was just... Oh, well, she was young too, wasn't she? So glorious. 30, 33, 34? 32, 33, yeah. Something like Somewhere that. around there, yeah. And Grant was not 49. much 49. 49, yeah. Um, so, bad. yeah, brain aneurysm, I guess. So, yeah, just totally sudden out of the blue. So, well, I heard, too, that he was a really great person to interact with. Um, any kind of cons. Yeah, he seemed like a very cool dude. Like a very down-to-earth, nice guy. Talked to his fans. You know, wasn't egotistical about anything. <clears throat> so... And is friends with a lot of people that I, I know on Facebook, which was kind of weird that I didn't know that they were friends with him. So mm. it's kind of cool to see them like. 33, by the way. Naya Rivera. Yeah, yeah. 33. That was right. Yeah, it's too young. Uh huh. Yeah. I don't know if she. Last song she sang was If I Die Young. Was this last song she sang on Glee? Wow. So. Yeah, and that was the comeback episode when. Uh, what's his name died? Um, uh, Finn. Corey yeah, Monkey. They discovered him the exact same day as her. Yep. No she, shit. Uh, Jun, uh, July 13th. Yep. Jesus. July 13th, 2013. So seven Okay, days creepy. To Way day. too creepy. Yeah. yeah. No, this is this is why Kevin's right. We the need to form a protective barrier. barrier around the rest of okay. the cast. For the Glee members that are listening, the cast members that are listening to this podcast, <laughs> on July Always 13th. Always your handhold buddies. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, no, they both happened prior to the 13th, but that's the day they were discovered. So, like... Early mid July, handhold buddies at all times. From July first to July fourteenth. Um, mm-hmm. Yep, your handhold buddies. Yep. Where the Ides of July? Oh, right. don't say it like that. It's <laughs> super creepy. Then <laughs> shit, God, you're gonna kill. Puck, Puck gonna, I don't care as much about. You're gonna kill Gene Lynch. Yeah, I don't care about him. Either. You're gonna kill oh, Gene no, Lynch. Gene that that whole show for me. I couldn't. She wait, hang on. She ruined it. No, she made the show. Oh, for made me. it. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. She's yes. a gem. Yeah. Um, but yes, I agree with you, Kevin. Mark Salling, I'm fine. Don't worry, I'll have another Glee reference for everyone later when we get to uh, uh, the nerd grabs. Yay! Also, protect Grant Gustin. Even though he was only kind of a Glee member, he's the Flash now, and goddammit, he needs to be saved. And Super Nice. Yeah. And Supergirl, she was yeah. on the too. That's right. Sure That's was. Right. I, about that. I mean, why don't we just protect the whole cast? Because anytime anyone dies, it's a little sad. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't care about it. People want to hate on me. For Which that. you know, and, you know, mental illness plays a, a part in that, and I'm sure there were childhood issues. Yada yada yada. So yeah, I mean, a you're not wrong, but also, yeah, the human life is yeah. shitty. Yeah. Even if it's a shitty human that dies, it's fine. Hmm. So many places to go from there. Um, <laughs> all, right. all right, fine. I'll, I'll take. No, it God damn it! That was, that might have been one of Nick's best segues ever. Let him have this. Where where to next, buddy? <sighs> so many places. Well, I can't go to Henry Cavill, so we're not going to go there. We're going to go Hayden Christensen returning to uh, Star Wars and the Obi Wan series. I think Kevin's a little happy. Yeah, but Kevin, I'm curious. How do you feel about this? I'm curious how it's going to be because he went into hiding. Well, I suppose he would have to be Darth Vader then. He would have to return as Darth Vader if he's in the Obi Wan series, unless it's maybe. 
Because well, that's a good question. I, but I don't think they'll be interacting. I think it'll be like an aside type of thing, possibly flashbacks, who knows. Oh, yeah. um, Perhaps a hallucination or yeah, something. something like that. Uh, maybe. You know, maybe force, yeah. communications, that kind of a thing. Hmm. But yeah, I... Is he going to be a main character? I think he's just going to uh, appear. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, kind of how Cara Dune was sort of in and out. That's kind of my hope. Yeah. Oh, sure. Which apparently she's going to be a lot bigger part in the second. Good choice. <laughs> she deserves it. Yeah, she... She crushed it. That yeah. show was her biatch. Yeah, absolutely. Abby, have you seen The Mandalorian? I have. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, my only criticism was that the episodes <laughs> are too short. Oh, fair enough. Clutching our imaginary pearls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, Kevin and I held our collective breath for a moment. Sounds right. I thought they were too short because, especially at the beginning, as you're just getting into it and you're learning to love these characters, you know, you feel like the action's just picking up and that's just suddenly done and then end credits. And you're like, ah! Oh. Sure. That was a very Peanuts esque. Uh, uh, welcome to every episode of Alias. <laughs> <laughs> they had commercials, man. Give them a break. That's true. But I mean, like, but that's every single episode ended on a huge, crazy cliffhanger. Sure. Every episode was a to-be-continued sort of a thing. Sure. Nice. So other shows that are coming, speaking of, you know, returning Star Wars stuff. So Bad Batch is coming to Disney+. Plus. If you don't know anything about Bad Batch, they're a group of... <laughs> Kevin has feelings. They're apparently... Weird. And, and I, I haven't watched Rebels, but I, I know this because of, obviously, what I've seen on TV. But they're a group of storm uh, clone troopers or whatever storm troopers that kind of defected from everybody and then they were popular so now they're getting their own animated series. It's the Clone Trooper A team. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome so long as John Williams directs an orchestral so- score version of, of the A team. Wonder who wrote that song. Okay. John Swihart. Thank you. So, other animated series, uh, also going on Star Trek, the Lower Deck series is finally coming to CBS streaming. Yeah. Yeah, I saw ads for that. Especially watching the show, I swear, every episode it shows that trailer three times. Yeah, it probably Ooh. does. Because Trekkies are probably watching that and they got to get them interested, which I'm sure they'll watch and they'll hate it because it's making fun of Star Trek and how dare they bring comedy to Star Trek and make fun of it, but... It kind of feels like if they tried to make Family Guy or Bob's Burger, any kind of those style of humor, but tried to squeeze it into Star Trek, which is such, I don't want to yeah, say a serious called... show, but it, it it is a little bit more serious and has a bit more weight than those shows do. So I don't and, know if they're going to pull it off. And it's also called The Orville. They made that show already. Yeah, but this is not about the bridge crew. This is about people that are working down below. I mean, I've just been calling it Trek and Morty. Yeah, yeah I go. looked it up, and the guy who made Rick and Morty is... Has, like, Justin Roiland is helping oh, with the show? that makes me not want to watch well, it's, it. That's, it the exactly. character, the animation is the exact same. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is that is that it's... Like they're, they're, they're bringing a humor that is not normally found in Star Trek, so I'm sure the hardcore Star Trek fans are going to hate it. So. Oh, yeah, I'm on a Star Trek shitposting group, and people have... Opinions, <laughs> which are way stronger than mine. <laughs> well, I think it looks kind of funny, and I like. Uh, I have not watched the trailer. 
but now that you've told me that uh, Justin Roiland in, is involved, I am not, gonna not interested. I feel like I could live without it, but, you know, if I saw it, eh, fine. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Like, I think that's what... that. No, that's a perfect example of where I am, because I'm just like, eh, all right, cool. I'm not rushing to see it when it first comes out. Yeah, no, me neither. But I, I have personal issues with Justin Roiland as a, a creator, because... <sighs> mostly because of the shitty fans that exist around Rick and Morty. <laughs> I keep saying they have the second worst fan base of all time. Yeah, but that doesn't that that means nothing on the show itself. The show is also not great. I gotta be honest, I haven't watched it, but it's mostly just from the pieces I've seen. Just not my kind of humor, I guess. Eh. And I've seen a couple episodes, and it's not my my jam either. But I was willing to allow other people to be like, "Yeah, this is they like this," and then the fans came out. Right, and but and and I like quite a quite a bit of Rick and Morty. I just hate the fan base, and a lot of what I like about Rick and Morty comes from Dan Harmon's end. Uh, sure, because I I really like what he kind of puts his hands into. That's fair. I, I, think I gotta say, I do respect that the Rick and Morty fans were so crazed that they got McDonald's to bring back a sauce. Was it like the Szechuan sauce or something like that? Not even that good. <laughs> no, I think it's hilarious that they were so just crazed about this sauce that they got McDonald's to bring it back. Every time I think about that situation, all I can see in my head is that one guy just stomping on top of the counter screaming for the sauce. <laughs> and it just makes me hate it more. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's also, uh, you know, what, what if you're impressed by the Szechuan sauce, you should see what they do involving politics. Uh uh, uh, no. <laughs> you get another right? bong. No, I'm not. Um, so other sequels that are coming out. Um, Just gloss right over it. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I don't want to dwell that's on it too long, fair. and I want to move along. I don't want to move the show along, because that's what I do. So, uh, apparently some shows that are in the works. Uh, Tron 3 has finally, I guess, got a green light to go. Wake got the sure. green light. Um, you know, I hope they do better than the... the the, the revamp? Uh, I liked it! I don't hate it, but they're, they seem to just breathe. It could have been longer and better. Yeah, I hear that a lot. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> Take a second. <laughs> I was... Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm excited. I'll, I'm, I want to see what they do with it. I was hope I'll see it, but... And then Deadpool 3 is also in the works. <sighs> but apparently might get a PG-13 because of Kevin Feige. <sighs> I don't no, get that. I don't get that. It, the formula works. It makes a shitload of money. Why change it? Exactly. Just, it, I know you're Disney, but like Disney owns plenty of shit that is rated R. Disney owns like half of the Jay and Silent Bob movies. Yeah. Just, just fucking let them say fuck a bunch and maybe show a boob. It's fine. Yeah. Are you allergic to money? Deadpool. No, and that we might change to be able to see it too. They will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll they'll be fine. But but also like I feel like I think I'm a little neutral on it just because I think Ryan Reynolds will be able to play uh, a fine line with it. And, and be able to get away with more than you normally would in a PG-13 movie. But also, like, 
he he would play directly into it, like break the fourth wall and go and just like, yeah, Disney made us get a PG thirteen rating. It heckin' sucks. You know he's just gonna come. First shot is gonna be him wearing the stupid Mickey Mouse ears. He's gonna go completely <laughs> ham. Yeah, but like I I really hope that if if this does happen, because if it's PG thirteen, they're allowed one fuck. I hope Razzie's about to finally do it. Somebody else like rushes in and steals it first, like Negasonic Teenage Warhead or Wolverine <laughs> or something. Yeah, and then he just has to stomp around in the background and do made up swear words. Spider Man. <laughs> Tom Hall busts in and goes, "Fuck that! Ha! Stole it! <laughs> I'm out." And then yeah, and then Deadpool just has a meltdown in the background, but. He's, but since the one fuck has been taken, he has to make up a bunch of fake uh, uh, swear words, and he'll just like Schumacher or something like that. But I feel like, oh, like if, yeah, if it was if it was Spider Man, he wouldn't even be mad. He'd be like, ah, that old son of a bitch earned it. <laughs> or damn it, Tom Holland. Yes. <laughs> or if it's Wolverine, he'd be like, just oh, depressed you didn't spoil it. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but it's not 100% confirmed that it's PG-13 yet. But God damn it, that took me too long. Yeah. <laughs> but the last one was, was R, and yeah. so what? So why are they all of a sudden they're like, oh, we're going to make it PG-13 now? Well, the last one was still Fox. Oh, that's right. The, so, last, the last Fox X-Men-verse movie, because Deadpool is in that, it's a little fluid, but... Will right. still uh, was, probably come out was, after it Deadpool got awful Dark Phoenix. Oh, yeah. no, technically it's New Mutants. I mean, New Mutants is supposed to be under Disney's helm now. There's even supposed to be some MCU connections, I think. Uh, but we'll never I know. Hope so, yeah, yeah, we will. Will. It, it's, it, they just released a new trailer for it. I know it's back did. on, coming back out. Did they? I, I'm, this I'm, thing, this I'm, thing <laughs> enters the race and, and leaves more often than fucking Ross Perot. So there's a <laughs> topical humor for you back from 1992. Yeah. Uh, Right, but I'm just—I'm not holding that it would. I—I believe it when I see it actually in the theater. That's, I saw him saying that one or rent from home or, or something. Rent, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, speaking of renting from home, uh, Henry Cavill apparently not only is he Mr. Hottie, but now he's nerdy hottie and he's building a computer at home and it's for gaming. I I genuinely I watched that like Joanna and I watched that and just like sat there and we're just like, mm, this is nice. It was actually kind of soothing, yeah. Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't horrible. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, <laughs> how could you, dude, pipes are ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah, pretty much. He's too like perfect. It's just like now he's more perfect. It was like you can't be that perfect. You can't have one human being that's so perfect. It's impossible, I tell you. He real pretty as he's putting together that CPU too. It's great. <laughs> like you see him put it in, and then like the clip uh, cuts away to a, uh, a a title screen where he's like, "Oh, I fucked that up." He's like, "I well, put I that just, in." Right. I appreciated that it wasn't like forced sexual, but it was just a little bit of like subtle sexual as he's putting it together. Well, I think that's just sort of him by yeah, default. Like, yeah, you can't help it. He, he has a constant low undercurrent of uh, fuck me vibes going. Yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, you know, speaking of at home, also um, that new uh, that new little uh, Princess Bride that came out with the all uh, the uh, the twenty what the eighty eight uh, famous actors actresses that were in this thing. Yeah. Which, by the way, my all I think my favorite out of the extended thing that I saw because I don't have Quibi to see the whole thing. Was Dave Bautista as Andre the Giant's character? It was 
he's so funny. Like his, I, I'm sorry, but David Batiste has got some serious comedy talent. Like it's just amazing. The most interesting one, though, I thought personally was there's a clip from the end of the movie where the grandfather closes up the book and goes, "Okay, all right, all right," and it's starting to leave, and the kid goes, "Grandpa." can you come back tomorrow and read it to me again? And then the grandpa says, as you wish. Famous scene. Great scene. Amazing. Heartfelt in the film. <sighs> Quibi went and went ahead and did that scene with Carl Reiner and Rob Reiner before Carl Reiner died. Aww. Right. Aww. Rob Reiner is the kid. Carl Reiner is the grandfather. Oh, oh it hurt. It hurt so I cried. I you hurt good. It sounded I couldn't tell if you were hurt or having an orgasm. No, no, okay. no, no. Okay, I don't know. I'm never. I, I don't want to know what that sounds like. So I'm okay. Just going off your. Uh, that's Stop. gonna be what? nope. That's gonna nope. be an unqualified uh-uh. no from me. Fair uh, enough. So I actually, when I heard that The Princess Bride was getting a remake, um, at the time I didn't understand that it was just an at-home kind of goofy thing. I was actually very upset because I loved that movie growing up. I'd watch it all the time, and it's such a classic. It's, you know, timeless. Anytime I'd go on a road trip in high school, I'd always bring the DVD because I knew people would always want to watch that. But then when I actually saw some of the clips, I loved it i thought it was just so cheesy as the story should be and i just loved honestly i loved how bad the production quality was that people like filmed it on their phones with really bizarre props like i loved jack black but with, instead of a sword he had a lightsaber like you know it was just <laughs> goofy and it just really highlighted how charming this story is yeah. Paul Paul Rudd, where you can see he's zooming in his phone, like you can see his hand come up and zoom in his phone. And yeah. by the way, there's an amazing Carrie Ellis to Carrie Ellis's uh, uh, Humperdinck. Humperdinck. Yeah. I also loved how many times the genders switched for the characters. I thought that was really yes. fun. Yeah. Sarah, Sarah Silverman doing the grandpa, and yeah. Yes. Well, then there was Joe Jonas being Princess Buttercup, and his wife was the Bandit. Oh yeah, yeah. Why oh. are you blanking on her name? I know who it is. Oh, Sophie. Uh, yeah. No. no. Sophia Turner. That's it. That? Sophia yeah. Turner. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Jonas is married to. Yes, yes, he's married to something. And the uh, rodents of unusual size was their corgi. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Yeah, and I was like licking them, and he's like, ah. <laughs> yeah, they put like you could see they put treats on their collarbone, and yeah. Corgi's licking it. It's so cute. Mm, it's perfect. That's awesome. Super perfect. So you've been at home uh, uh, going on with this home thing. I think we're just going to go with that. Um, watching watching Star Trek Discovery. And yeah. again, kind of a weird place to kind of start your Star Trek journey. Not a horrible place, but it's the, I don't know, people, it was kind of like the first thing to come out that's supposed to be, it's new, but it's still supposed to be in the Prime Universe. And yeah. uh, I tried to explain Prime, and, and by the way, for those uh, everybody that doesn't know, because they don't, Abby has been giving me the play-by-play every time she's watching all the episodes, which is fantastic, and I love it. And I don't, I want to say stuff, but I don't because I don't want to spoil anything for her. I, uh, I just have to say, I'm so sorry, but also you're welcome, because when I do that, it's it's incoherent. Like, he'll just get a string of messages that are like, if Saru dies, I'm gonna flip a fucking table! Like, yeah. 
Yeah, but it was but it was fine though because I know exactly what you're talking about. Oddly enough, but so that being said, uh, Discovery was uh, like I don't know. People don't like it because it's supposed to be in the Prime Universe, but it's too fancy to be in the Prime Universe, and et cetera, et cetera. And That's by that, a dumb reason. I mean, it's, there just needs to be some suspension of disbelief, like you know that they would like it to look like a future and not a 1960s cardboard set. Yeah. Right. 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 Well, so, if you want, I can start by just giving you some of my perceptions of Star Trek and just kind of how. I received a lot of the information where I thought they did really well and maybe really poorly for the people just getting into it. Because I'm sure they expected um, some people to start there because it is new, because they are advertising it. Right. Yes. You tell us how you got into Discovery, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> well, we already said, she already explained how she got into it because her mom wanted her to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, so I... I'm disappointed in your mom then for not showing you something <laughs> else first. But I know I'm mad too. We had a we had a FaceTime chat with my family a few weeks ago, and I was talking about how I was watching Discovery, and my stepdad, my little sister, watch it too. And then my grandma was like, "Oh yeah, I remember Star Trek. I love Star Trek." And I was like, "You all did me a disservice. You knew I love Doctor Who, and yet." <laughs> didn't watch star trek with me i'm very upset but on the plus side this has helped to make me bond a little bit more with my mom especially over the distance it's really fun to call her especially after there's a big moment like i remember after the season one finale i called my mom and was like mom what the heck and she just laughed like Mm -hmm. it's been it's been really fun to have something to bond over because I'm the only scientist in my family. The rest of my family, uh, well, I guess my aunt's a nurse, but just a little different from the research science. And then, uh, you know, my mom has been into music and more business, and so is my stepdad. But um, so I was kind of the odd one out. So it's just fun to have something sci fi to connect over. But yes, no, it is a little unconventional to start with discovery. Um, but they mostly just wanted me to start there so that we could talk about it because it is still new and the third season's coming out soon. Probably. Theoretically. Probably. Perhaps. You know, a cry if it does. Will preface this whole conversation? No, it will. What? I was responding to her. Oh. It will. It's just, you know, COVID and shit happens. <sighs> I will preface this conversation by saying I still haven't watched Discovery. Oh, my God. You haven't? <laughs> Well, I'm oh, gonna give cool. you some spoilers. All right, thank you. Well, well, as always, uh, he's pretty late to the party. Yeah. You know, I loved that podcast. I gotta say, I, I miss it a little bit. <clears throat> I know it had to end, but see, there you go, money. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. I miss it too, actually. And um... yeah, well, I realized oh, actually, I, I used to listen to it at work, and I really enjoyed it because I'm in the same position as Bernadette, where I. Don't know a lot of these references, so it's really fun for me to learn it alongside her. But um, actually, I went back to it a few weeks ago on Apple Podcasts, and it's gone. Or at least, yeah, yeah, which it's it's the end of an era. Yeah, it's it's pretty much gone everywhere. I think it's saved on one computer, and uh, I don't own that computer anymore. So yeah, but I really enjoyed it. It brought me a lot of joy. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I miss it from time to time, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Discovery. 
Yeah, so spoilers, I am going to be talking about some things in Season 2 and the finales and kind of my thoughts on how they brought it back into the canon universe. So if you haven't watched Discovery and you still want to, you should skip ahead. Well, Rob took off his headphones, so... I'm just, I'm trying to uh, figure out how to turn the headphones down. You just ask me and I turn them down. Thank you. Mine are a little uh, loud, that's all. Is that better? Am I too yeah. godlike for you, Rob? Screaming in your ear. You should see his face. <laughs> so, Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. Visual yeah. gag on an Anyways, audio podcast. Rob, shut up. <laughs> Continue. So, as far as context I had going into this. I do know bits and pieces, like I had heard of Picard, I had heard of Spock, of course, um, and I'd seen the uniforms. I do remember my mom watching Next Generation, but I was young, I don't remember much of it, I wasn't paying attention. did know that they are like a space exploratory ship. Uh, what else did I know going into it? Um, I knew that there's a lot of it, which is kind of intimidating as I'm about to start the original, but here we go. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't don't have to. You can maybe just start with, like, Star Trek 2 and be fine. Yeah. Maybe bounce bounce around a couple of old episodes, but don't don't worry too much about it. And then bounce around for the next gen. I'm a little excited to just see the really campy 60s acting and i know it's gonna be cringy but i feel like it's a rite of passage as a trek you at least see some of them and also i i don't know i'm just i'm excited to see where it all began I mean, and don't... then it'll give me a better appreciation for the next generation which i've heard is some of the best canon of the universe yeah don't feel like you have to watch the episode where abraham lincoln pits them in a fight against yeah even though it's the origin of Kalis, it's true it is the origin of Kalis. that's right so very blackface uh-huh. so it's just the most not okay yeah, yeah. Oh, and and genghis khan too is just it's like that's a white guy squinting that's pretty cool that's not cool I mean, of course, it's not perfect. It was in the 60s, and it shouldn't be, stuff like that should not be glorified. But I did, I have heard that the original series was at least a little bit progressive. Um, I, I don't exactly know how, but I've heard in just some of their casting. Yes. Well, let me tell you Kirk and this black girl, who's Uhura, I should not say just this black girl. Um, Kirk and Uhura, they kiss. Which was super, which was super, the 60s. Yeah, yeah, it was the first interracial kiss on television. Right in the middle of the civil rights movement. Yeah, right in the middle. But, you know, they still had a long way to go, and so I'm sure... They still have a long way to go, but yeah. Exactly, yeah. And so I'm sure there'll be some pretty cringy moments that, you know, I'll have to kind of overlook a little bit. But (laughs) um, as far as... That's really all I knew about Star Trek. So going into it, I, for the most part, got into the story right away. I mean, it's the Federation is pretty cliche, so it's not hard to understand their morals um, and, you know, just what their mission is. I will say, just speaking to my mom about it now that I've seen it, it was a lot easier for me to accept the Klingon War than it was for them. 
for one thing, it kind of threw them off the timeline because she's telling me that there's Klingons on the ship in the next gen. Yes. And so for them, it really confused them. And it it just took them a little bit to real figure out where in the story this was. But I was able to just jump right into it. Like, okay, yep, Klingons, they're aggressive. They're having a war. They're, you know, all over the place fighting with each other. Got it. That may be one benefit is I wasn't very confused going in. Also, I thought they did a really good job giving context when they had to. Like in season two, when Spock and Michael go to the planet that starts with a T. I'm blanking on the name. Um, Trigonometry? Something four. Trigonometry four. Yep, that's it. Yep, they went. Samsonite, I was way off. But they go to this planet that's mentioned in the original series, and in the opening, they actually showed some clips um, from the original, just enough to fill you in on like who Vino was. Mm-hmm. And also, even I appreciated it just to see how far their production quality has come. Like they showed them inspecting some flowers that were like little blue pieces of fabric, and then they showed Michael walking by those flowers, and they are these beautiful graphics with so much detail so that was kind of fun and it also didn't make me feel left out necessarily but i felt really left out at the season finale of season one and that's because i you know they wrapped up that whole season arc so well and i was a little emotional definitely i loved it and i was feeling so happy that michael was reinstated and then they go out into space and they're like, oh, look, it's the Enterprise. And I knew that it was meant to stir up some kind of emotional reaction that I just didn't have. <laughs> I, I'd heard of the Enterprise, but I was like, okay, it's another ship. Cool. Like, <laughs> and the way that they show it, you know, it's, it's obvious. It's it's the ship. So it's it's supposed to be a really big, exciting cliffhanger moment. And for me... It killed it. Like, I was so excited, so happy for them, and the Enterprise showed up, and that was it. And I was like, really? Um, That's awesome. That's awesome. It wasn't enough to make me finish, but it was was a little disappointing for me because I just felt kind of like I was missing out on something, you know? And, which I was. I am. And it's it's. I'm starting to get the context now, but that was such a doubter for me. That's <laughs> um, amazing. Uh, it's funny. And, uh, yeah, it's... I, I have so much more to say about it. I don't know if you guys have any questions for me first, though. No, you're doing good. Well, well yeah, it's, and as you, as you keep watching, you're gonna, you're gonna start to get little... Like you're gonna start noticing a lot of the differences. Like the Klingons go through so many changes throughout this series, probably the most of any other race. Like they start off, you know, quoting Shakespeare and stuff in the old movies, and then in yeah. uh, Next Gen, they're sort of like um, I would I would almost call them space Vikings. Yeah, um, good. the space good. Spartans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then in the J.J. Abrams movies, they're kind of like an intergalactic biker gang, and then in the <laughs> new sure one. Are. In the new one, they're kind of an amalgamation of all three, uh, but I've just noticed that the, the dialect changes. Like, Have you guys noticed in Discovery that the way they speak Klingon is so much different? And even in the J.J. movies. Yes. Oh, sure. uh, like it's, uh, and feel free to, to, to punch me in the face for this one, but it sounds like they're just saying really slowly the words to Mbop. <laughs> 
Klingon in Discovery. He's like, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It blew my mind that they had to hire a Klingon expert to write that part of the script. Like, that's somebody's job. What a cool job, right? I'm jealous. I'm an expert in this made up language. And you know, there's a lot of people out there that can speak Klingon. Yes, well, yeah, it was written by an actual linguist, too. I don't remember his name right now. It's by Fats Bamala. Cool. Yeah, he does a lot. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> he's he's so... this generation's Fats Bamala. Yeah, absolutely. Oddly <laughs> enough, they have the same fucking name. Weird, right? Weird. His name is my name, too. Wait, no, that's no, John. That's, that's John Jingleheimer Schmidt. Yeah. It's cool, though. It's cool. He's like a distant relative, though, of Fats Right, Bamala. right, right, right. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same same family tree. Same same great um, grand like something aunt. once related brothers, mothers, uncles, cousins, roommate in college. Mark so Oakrand. Discovery. There we go. Mark Oakrand. <laughs> to focus. This is this is what we do when we have to look something up. We well, we kill time with babbling. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> It's all it's all fun and games when you listen to it, but then when you're actually on the episode, oh, yeah. it's way different. It's like, well, you guys fuck around a lot. You don't do. No wonder you're You guys want me to keep talking? I have more thoughts. No wonder you take Nick five hours to edit these podcasts. Yeah, by all means. Uh, yeah. Okay. What else you got? Yeah. So I really commend the writers of this show. I, for one thing, writers, editors. All of the behind the scenes, I was constantly just amazed at the cinematography. I mean, the shots, the sets, the costumes, all of that work that went into it. I mean, I in college, I worked as a theater technician, so I always noticed those things. And I always just have to give a shout out to those people because, you know, they don't always get noticed. But I was constantly finding myself aloud saying, wow, that was a really cool shot. So I thought artistically, very well done. Um, also, to the writers, I thought they did a really great job of making you care about characters in one episode and then ripping them away, like they did with, is it Anel? can't pronounce her name. She's the cyborg that's on... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in one episode, they make you just totally care about her so much and then kill her. But also, for the writers, I... Yeah, the game I is the, yeah. Whole, the whole, you know, you can't talk about discovery and making people forget about the discovery was real. I don't, I don't know. It almost felt like a cop out. But on the other hand, I also think it was genius because now we can see these characters develop without the confines of the well the confines of, of former canon where basically the ship yeah. had never been mentioned i mean so a little bit of a cop out yes but i mean it, you know they had to write themselves out of their corner so yeah they know i mean it was a way to explain why discovery isn't in you know any of the other shows like i remember asking my mom like oh does michael come back do you ever hear about her with the discovery and why isn't there a spore drive in the other shows and all of this stuff and she's like oh we'll find out just to find out that they were like Oh yeah, we're just not going to talk about it. It can't be mentioned by anyone. Spock can't tell anyone he has a sister. I was like, uh, all right. But I am excited to see how the characters grow and develop now that they are not in the confines of the canon. They get to have so many new adventures, and it's exciting. 
Other than that, <laughs> other thoughts I have are I was a little confused by the uniforms. Because... And how the and how the costume creator hates cosplayers with those teeny tiny little insignias that go all the way to the sides. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. Well, I honestly I, I went in knowing I think probably the next gen costumes with the different colors for the different roles. And then same I started thing. discovering, I was like, oh, they're all wearing the same uniform, just but slightly slightly different. Curious about why they made that choice. And they never explained then why you know, they had one kind of uniform, and then Enterprise comes in, and they have more of the classic-looking uniform. There was a throwaway line. Yeah, there's a throwaway line where they're like, oh, these are the new, the new uniforms. Do you like them? Wait, hey, hey. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, nice-looking uniforms. They're like, oh, yeah, they're nice, right? And then yes, they- Rebecca Romaine, I do like it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, they pretty, much just, they pretty much just jump right through it. Like, it's, as soon as they see them, they're like, oh, you got the new uniforms. Yeah, they're nice. Great. Boom. Okay, we're done. Like they just—it's a simple throwaway line, so it wouldn't surprise me if you missed that throwaway line. The the metallic colors, the copper, silver, and gold, were the lead-in to the blue, uh, yellow, and red of the the original series, uh, which bridged the gap from Enterprise, which was an all blue uniform uh, with the piping that kind of just showed what your what your right. station was. Yeah, I do have one question as far as the timeline. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh. Uh, is this supposed to be between the original and second or the next generation? Or no, is this no. before the original? Because it's, I've heard both. It's 10 years before the original series. Yeah. Um, but then some and such years after Star Trek Enterprise, which is a garbage show that you don't really 50 watch. years, 60 years, I think. Yeah, you can go, by the way, you can go through Star Trek and not watch Enterprise. In fact, you don't need to watch it at all. What's Enterprise? I'm sorry, it doesn't exist. It's exactly. the best Star Trek. The, the, you'll get to the, the opening theme song of the first episode, hit your power button, and maybe quit Star Trek forever. <laughs> <laughs> That's not... Yeah. So, um, with all this timeline stuff, that was more of a curiosity, but I wasn't so concerned about it because I have no context. Oh, if you like time travel, get your fucking ass ready. Speaking of time travel, so time travel is one of the themes of the second season. And one thing that was actually very funny is right away when... They were kind of starting to warm up to the who is the Red Angel. I was like, oh, it's Michael. I told my mom that. And she just looked at me deadpan, didn't say anything. She's like, that's a theory. And then after I was done, find out it is Michael. My mom was like, how did you guess that? I had no idea. And I was like, mom, I've watched enough Doctor Who to know that time is really uh, wibbly wobbly. And just you know, that's just a very classic time travel um just plot point. Trope, yeah. yeah. I just, yeah. I, I wish Star Trek would make up their mind between multiverse and, was it Higgs theory? The, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the inevitability. The yeah. For whatever it is. Yeah. The but, inevitability paradox. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. watched uh, the entire series of Dark over the weekend, so oh. lots of time travel there. Are we getting into that? Not yet. Oh, okay. We can, have you seen Dark? Okay. No. Can I talk about some of my favorite characters from the show? Absolutely. The correct answer is Ensign Tilly. Yes, I was going to say Tilly is my favorite. And actually, Tilly's my favorite because, as I mentioned, I'm a scientist. And it's just so awesome to have kind of a Star Trek role model like Tilly. She is so smart. And also, she is someone that's relatable. 
And my mom said this too, like they finally were excited to have someone really relatable on the show that has quirks, that's very human. And to me too, she isn't necessarily the Hollywood pedestal of, you know, beauty, the like very skinny, picturesque, beautiful, but she's beautiful in her own way. And she is just such a, an awesome scientist. It's just really fun for me to have a female scientist role to look up to. So that's why Tilly's my favorite. And then also I just loved how she had such compassion for the rest of her crew. And then she'd really lighten up some of the heavy moments. Yeah. So if you like Tilly, uh, when you get to next gen, you're going to be really excited about Wesley Crusher. <laughs> Don't listen Don't to Rob. Center up like that. I was going to say, knowing Rob, I shouldn't take this seriously, but you should okay. not. He, he, was, he was supposed to be the relatable character, but he was such like a, a prodigy genius that he yeah. came off as sort of a stuffy know-it-all. Yeah. And nobody That's liked him. Yeah. He was also stuffy know-it-alls. Not a big fan of Spock. That is fair. I went in thinking, oh, I'm going to love Spock. Spock is such a classic character. Everyone loves Spock. And then I saw the way they portrayed Spock, and I was not, I just was not happy with him. Well, you're going to love real Spock. He's fucking great. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I real know Spock that it's, some of it is that he, this whole, he's half human, half Vulcan, and so he's going to be very logical and such. But I don't know. I didn't like how the actor portrayed him. It was like, I think from what I know of the old Spock, he still acts. This Spock was just deadpan spitting out lines. Yeah. That's, you yeah. very accurate. Um, I mean, that's Leonard I Nimoy. <laughs> Leonard Nimoy was amazing as Spock. And I even liked Zachary Quinto a lot. Yeah. And I kind of wish they'd gotten him for the series. Like I, I didn't see much of a reason to recast established characters in from the Kelvin verse with the exception of the fact that Pike is perfection. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, he is a looker <laughs> and I really enjoyed having him. Wait until that scene where he takes off his uniform. Celebrity crush too, and with good cause. Mm -hmm. He's like everybody's celebrity crush now, right? Yeah, that's why, that's why they refer to him as Space Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is that is one piece of the original canon that I was able to fall in love with right away. He is an awesome character. <laughs> You're gonna get real disappointed when you find, when you when you get to uh, actual Pike. Though I will say, uh, if you ever watched the original pilot of Star Trek that had uh, the original Pike, uh, they are very similar looking. They're like, very, they, yeah. their casting on that was incredible. The, just the acting, from what I understand, is miles better on Discovery. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, when you see Pike in the the regular series, he's a uh, He's been through some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But it kind of, I mean, it kind of, if you look into what he's going through now, it kind of explains why he gets to where he's at if they're following that timeline. I think so. Yeah. Well, and even the thing is, like, even um, the Kelvin timeline films did a good job of, of doing Pike, I thought. Especially at the end of the first one where he shows up in, in the wheelchair. I love that moment. Yeah. That was trippy. Mm -hmm. Um, mm hmm. Watch the original. You'll you'll make more sense when you watch like the original series and yep. the movies and stuff. Yep. Oh yeah, and you can also probably skip over when you watch the movies. Skip over the first Star Trek movie. You don't need to see it. It doesn't really. It. I mean, it's interesting. It's just like if you're not 
ready for like kind of a, a, a cerebral little bit of a confusing experience. You're just going to leave it feeling a little lost. Right. Because you're going to like, where does this fit in with the story? And the answer is it doesn't really need to be. It doesn't boast of the story. doesn't boast any characters really. And there's a lot of license issues. Yeah. So they couldn't use a lot of the regular Star yeah. Trek terms. Like they kept calling the, the like the turbo lift an elevator. And yeah. it was just, it was, everybody's just wearing these weird white pasty outfits. It was <laughs> yeah. a weird, it was a weird movie. There's a yeah. bald lady on the thing. And you're like, what is she? Sure. Actually, here, yeah. but then you start with Star Trek 2, then you're fine. That's yeah. a- okay. Star Trek I'll consult you guys. I need a full list of the order in which I should watch the next piece. Or just watch the original series. Done. I, I will make you a list. I swear to God. Thank you, Rob. Yes. <laughs> you might have to wait like three months for it, but he'll make you a list. <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> so, um, I'm curious what you guys think about the ships because they are pretty different from i mean what i saw because we see a little bit more of enterprise in the season finale of season two um and i know you guys have more of a history with star trek so maybe you're a little bit you may lean a little bit more towards enterprise but i actually really liked the design of the discovery and the the just deck there and it was I don't know. I thought it was really cool. So what I've, do you guys prefer? So what I've seen of the design of Discovery, I really like it. I think that's a really interesting design. Um, but yeah, I am. I personally am more of a, a next gen design human. I have one complaint. Um, <coughs> I I really like the design of the Enterprise. I just I've had one complaint, and this has actually been sort of a a, a complaint since like the last couple generation movies going forward is that the bridges are getting too fucking dark. I don't know why they're dark all the time. In the in Next Gen, in Voyager, in Deep Space Nine, in the original, the, the bridges were always very bright, well-lit, and, and it, it, with each new thing, the bridges are just getting darker and darker, and I, I, I don't appreciate that. This is supposed to be a place where people are living, right. um, and you need light to kind of function, and I, I think it's a really weird choice for... Well, it was a... It was a- very purposeful choice in the first season because if you remember Lorca had problem with light in his eyes well, so, and, and I and I get that but like I said this has been kind of an overarching problem and it, it's not restricted okay. to just discovery no yeah it, it comes up in Picard as well I don't I think they're all I, I, I like all the designs of all the bridges um, I, although I think discovery is a little too big uh, it, just, it seems very spread out considering other Starships, which are bigger than that particular ship, have smaller bridges. So, with the exception of maybe the Enterprise. Well, it was also a weird experimental ship. So it was. Like, I, I get that. It was. But I just, and there's a lot of people up there. So, I mean, and I get that too because it makes for better action when you have to kill people instead of killing off main characters. Like, ah, yeah, science officer number three over there is going to die or whatever. <laughs> um, so, I get that. And I'm, I'm a big fan of, like, sci-fi bridges and stuff. Um and I think they're the coolest thing. Um, probably my favorite bridge, though, actually, is from Starship Troopers. Because I, I love the setup of those bridges, and I don't know why. Abby, would you like to know more? <laughs> she probably sure. hasn't seen Starship Troopers. Yeah, never mind. That was a reference to Starship Troopers, and I apologize. Uh, but anyways, uh, no, I'm fine with them. And actually, you know, I think we've we've talked a lot about the, the ships on that one episode where... We are, I was very impressed with our knowledge of Star Trek ships and names of said ships and which ships were in which movies and episodes and series. Is, 
Yes, I forgot about that. That was a long time ago. Yes, it was. But I was like, we were just, I don't remember what the conversation was, but we were definitely rattling off a bunch of different names and ships and what they did. Nerds. Now, yeah. well, let's see. There's the Yangtze. Uh, there's, right. uh, so moving on. The lion. <laughs> Do you guys have any questions <laughs> for me just about kind of how I perceive the universe? No, I think you, I think you did a pretty good job yeah, of no, like, covering it. I'm, Plus, I get, I get your, I personally get your play-by-play, so I, I'm good. I kind of want to get in on this. What surprised you about like some of the stuff I sent you? Did anything surprise you? That weird dick pic you sent me. Kidding, <laughs> <laughs> didn't send me a dick pic. Um, nothing really, because like you were, I think you were going through the same emotions that everybody else was going through as you're watching it. Yes, um, I, I applaud your attempt to rob all over it. By the way, you're welcome. Oh, um, I cried actually at two distinct points. Incredible. So many times I came close to crying, but I even wrote them down. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love them. <laughs> You are you are precious, Abby. I love this. Put them in my I cousin. love you guys. <laughs> so I cried specifically in season two. The first time I cried was when Saru was dying, and Michael and Saru share this moment of this whole time. You've been my real sibling, where my, you know, my blood sibling hasn't, or in Michael's case, adoptive. But especially that part where Saru was asking Burnham to help him finish it and kill him, I was I was crying pretty hard. <laughs> um, even more than like when Tilly was hurt, and I was worried about maybe oh no, maybe Tilly's gonna die when Tilly was in the you know the in between the spores, like that got me. But Saru, for some reason, at that moment, just made me want to sob. Oh, that's because Doug Jones can act his way through seven layers of plaster uh, better than most Shakespearean actors. Yeah, he, we, he's yeah. a precious jewel. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of precious and Saru, I just love how his arms swing and he walks. It just brings <laughs> me so much joy. That's I, I, Isn't that actually Doug Jones, though? I think so. That's, that's actually the oh, actor. He's so tall and lanky. It is ridiculous. Yeah. But, like, his arms sway behind his back, and it just makes yeah. me so giddy. Also, I can't believe he did that whole show on, like, stilts. Yeah. It's awesome. But um, the other time I cried was when Burnham said goodbye to Sarek and Amanda. That also just really hit me very hard. Like I said, I think your your reactions that you were you were having and sending me were pretty much... How we all, well, how I was feeling during those exact same moments. So that's why, like, when you said you thought it was totally random, it's not because I can actually, I, I can follow, I'm very much following along with your emotional journey that you're going through. So I don't know. It was a interesting, interesting uh, place to pick up Star Trek for sure, but not like a horrible place. And as long as you, you know, you get that. And then when you, you're going to have lots of questions when you start going through all the other series and movies and being like what this oh, what here huh? for it so yeah. what what i'm hearing is that instead of just messaging nick i need to make a group chat and yes, you, do. Give you guys a play-by-play every time i watch star trek yes that's correct done. yeah it's, done. it's uh yeah because there there's you know continuity is a thing that doesn't exist between the universes somehow or i mean they try but it just doesn't at some point when the universe gets that large, it's Im- almost impossible to try to tie everything together. There's going to be some loose ends. Well, that and different controlling entities of Star Trek and 
uh, you know, even Gene Roddenberry in the original series having control and then not having control and mm. wanting to be in control. And so it's uh, there's a lot of backstory behind it, but you don't need to know any about that. Just enjoy Star Trek for what it is. And maybe you might actually enjoy it more if you don't know all that backstory. Or maybe you'll enjoy it more because of the backstory. Right. Like, I'm weird. So. You are. Like I really like history of shows, though. Oh, I love I love behind the scenes stuff, and I, yeah. I just and I love learning about uh, what it took to create said show or the things that. Did they you watch made. any of the behind the scenes that they have on CPS? Uh, you have time for that? <laughs> was it on CBS? Or well, I I started to watch it. It's on CBS All Access. They have. Um, an interview with one of the actors for every episode in season two, and they talk about that episode. Oh, that's tough. And I started to watch one of them with Doug Jones, because I thought, I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And then I saw that it was almost an hour long, and I was like, mm, I'm not that invested. <laughs> those, those interviews, I thought you meant, like, other stories. Um, I thought you were talking about something else. That there was a... I forget where it was at, but there was a... What's the word I'm looking for? A documentary. That's the word. Documentary for uh, all the stuff with, like Gene Roddenberry. And I forget where it was streaming, but it was somewhere. And I watched it. And it was rather interesting. But, you know, you got into a lot of the negatives of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So, it was... Um, but I haven't watched any of the extra stuff for Star Trek Discovery, per se. I watched a little bit of behind-the-scenes stuff with Picard, but that's about it. Oh yeah, did you guys like Picard? I've heard really mixed reviews of that one. Fucking loved it, loved it. But don't watch. <laughs> but yeah, you... I'm not. I'm not gonna watch it until much later. Like I know it, it, it has to be the be absolute, series, but... absolute last thing you watch. At the very least, I will give you a list of episodes of Star Trek uh, Next Gen you need to watch, and unfortunately, some of the Next Gen movies. Next time movies weren't horrible. You know what? I'm gonna be a true fan. I'm I mean, gonna Nemesis suffer like the rest of you. Yeah, but Nemesis is important for Picard. So. Unfortunately, right. it is. Yeah. Um, Plus, yeah. you get Tom Hardy as a young Captain John sure Picard. Do. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> young, skinny, not so built Tom Hardy. Which is why I call um, that weird spy versus spy movie he did with uh, Chris Pine. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Kirk and Picard fighting over Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> Uh, Tom Hardy's also in Band of Brothers. He sure is, Nick. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't have any more. That was most of my thoughts. Those are good thoughts. Should we move on to our grabbies? Yeah, we can move on to nerd grabs, and then we'll uh, we'll do a happy ending. So we uh, do nerd grabs, then we'll do a happy ending for a Netflix series called The Old Guard. And we don't uh, know if it's a series yet. Well, right. Well, it's a movie, I suppose. Netflix I mean, it, it broke their record, so happy ending take four. So, so I think it's gonna. I think it'll take off. I don't need to do four. That was that was it. You said series instead of movie. Mm-hmm. I'm kidding. I'm fucking with you. I'm sorry. I'm punching. I'm, Can I punch in the face? Yes. I'll say nothing. Okay. You just turn around while I do it, so you can be like. So you can have deniability. Exactly. Yeah. So nerd grab. I know Kevin wants to go last. So who wants to go first? I can go. Go. So, I, this past weekend, was in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Um, I It's just north of Boston. And I went to this place that I affectionately call the Salt Dungeon. <laughs> it's actually called the Salt Cellar, but it's really hard to find unless you know where it is. That's what she said. And... <laughs> 
You're doing great. <laughs> Fitting right in. Keep it up, Sam. Keep it up. I can know us. But it's it's in the basement of a store that's in a weird alleyway. Anyway, long story short, you go in the salt cellar Wait. and they have a ton of different flavored seasoning salts. So huh. I'm very nerdy, but I'm very excited because I got, let's see, rosemary salt, mm, applewood smoked salt, salt. Ooh. Uh, garlic salt, yeah. habanero salt. They even had espresso salt, Merlot salt for like desserts. Yeah. It's really wacky, but yeah, I got like six different salts just huh. because. Um, oh, I got a bath, like, black truffle salt? salt. No, cooking salt. Really good. Um, other nerdy things I got. Um, I actually just got, speaking of the Mandalorian, a long sleeve shirt that's Baby Yoda. And it has like the Star Wars logo with Baby Yoda on the front of it. But then down the sleeves, it has like just a bunch of Baby Yodas. I don't know. I'll have to send you guys a picture of it. I don't know why. But when you said, speaking of the Mandalorian, I thought you were going to say I got a mandolin. I don't know why. (laughs) Here's the fun part. I had the same thought, and then my brain took a step further, and I need to paint my uh, mandolin now (laughs) to look like the Mandalorian mask. This is the way. Uh, Yeah, and then there's one last nerd grab because, you know, I don't get to be here that often. Um, I got a bunch of dice from Kraken Dice. I spent a ridiculous amount on dice i'm not ashamed though because i got a bunch of free dice with it and i had to buy a new dice bag because i have too much dice for my dungeons and dragons uh define kraken are we talking what's or release the um it's a company that makes some dice um, and also resells dice sets um i got a really cool set that has rocks in it which is kind of fun hmm Oh, that's yeah. neat. And but they, have, they do limited releases, so they have some that they only make 500 sets, some they only make 1,000 sets, um, and so they can go pretty quickly. But they they did this promo where if you spent a certain amount, you got um, a bunch of free D20s, a couple extra sets, a bunch of stickers. Nice. And my favorite part was I got a bunch of really minuscule D20s. I thought they were going to be regular sized, but I opened the package and I was delighted. Because <laughs> they're mini D20s? They, they're like the size of your thumbnail. They're so cute. Aww. Aww. Yeah. I have one set of dice that I've had since I was in like seventh grade and they're black and red. I know everybody's shocked, but... I piss all of my friends off with my dice bag because it is. I do not keep things in their associated sets. They're just all in the bag. They don't have. Devin does that. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, no. I the definition of chaotic evil D and D player. Yeah. <laughs> all my dice are in one bag. Nothing is color coordinated. Like maybe one or two sets actually still exist within the bag, but. <laughs> We are so like the- opposite. My new my new dice bag, not only does it hold 150 dice, and it is full, it has compartments, seven compartments, so I've separated out the type of die. So now <laughs> when I'm DMing and I want to terrify people, I can just pick up 10 D6s and roll them just to see the fear in their eyes. I live for that. So your your dice archetype is goblin. Yeah. Um, I'm. If I was a dragon, my horde would definitely be dice. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you should uh, you should go try out the World of Darkness system, and you will buy so many D10s, so many. Nice. He's it's playing vampire. 
Yeah, it's based on a D10 system, which is why like, and you, there are times where I picked up 40 D10s to roll. Mm -hmm. Delicious. Yeah. It's like Shadowrun and it's goddamn D6. Uh But it's much more easier to sound. So satisfying. (laughs) It's a great sound. I played a lot of Shadowrun without the dice because the dice just got complicated. So fuck it. Then how did, okay. Uh, there are some, there's a lot of systems where the, the, the DM takes control of most of the dice rolls. In general? Uh, uh, well, in, in, in tabletops. Oh, like, you'll shit. see a lot of like, D&D presentation campaigns where the DM just takes care of most of the rolling. Like oh, um, sure. uh, Dan Harmon's Harmon Quest. Yes, that uh, I Whitest Kids You Know just started doing a campaign never having played Dungeons and Dragons before, and it's pretty fucking great. Excellent. <laughs> Uh, Rob, do you want to go next? Because I, I want to go second to last. Yeah, so um, right down the street from my house uh, is uh, George Floyd Memorial Square. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually put up a sign, by the way. I believe it's an actual Minneapolis Park Board sign. Probably. It says they renamed the street, I believe. George Floyd Square. But at the on the fringes of uh, the blocked-off area, uh, folks have been setting up pop-up tents and uh, stuff like that. This one table had t-shirts. So I bought a t-shirt. It is red with some black writing on it. And it says, white silence is violence. And I'm real happy about this shirt. I really like this shirt. I'm a fan. I like feeling good about spending money, A, at a PSE business, and B, you know, wearing something that'll absolutely piss off half of my family. Yeah. Yeah. Sure will. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's okay. I'm going to get one for him, too. Were they donating the funds from the t-shirts to uh, an organization? Uh, kind of, sort of. The idea is that they're trying to buy one of the buildings that is next to the, the corner. It's, a, it's about a block down, and it's, it's a building that currently houses essentially a, a high-end sort of segregating realty company yeah so so my neighborhood like the the further south you go on portland the more expensive see whiter uh the uh houses get and um this building actually houses the realty company that handles most of the high-end houses on the block and so they're trying to buy the building from them Hmm. And turn it into a an arts collective, uh, a, a, a nonprofit collective of uh, BIPOC uh, businesses and companies, and just sort of like a uh, like an in, like almost an angel investment group to help folks like that. And they want to call it BIP, BIPOC Wall Street. Hmm. A, nice. After the after Black Wall Street in um, Oklahoma in Tulsa. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I, and I hope they do. I haven't seen them out in a couple days, so I'm a little worried somebody came by and put the kibosh on it. But Maybe this ran out of supplies are getting new stuff. I don't know. I hope so. I hope that's true, but uh, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, that's my nerd grab. I bought a shirt that makes me feel good about social justice. There you go. I had a few things. Uh, one of them we're sitting at. I uh, took our table from the office, and I'm redoing it. Um, it was just this old $35 folding poker table that I've repainted black now and put red felt on and put a centerpiece in and drill holes and, and ran a cable thing on. So now it looks more like a recording table. It will have fancy cup holders and legs when those come. Those are coming on Tuesday. <laughs> Funny. Star Trek reference there. Let me guess. Tuesday. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, starting generations of the Enterprise B, baby. Shit, I forgot. Oh. Uh-huh. Oddly enough, that is when they are showing up. So yeah, so I redid that. I redid our table because I just I was I wanted to redo it. So it was my weekend project. Yeah. I think it turned out all right. It, it was starting to get in a little bit of rough shape due much to 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 my uh, stupid ass. Well, and I also reinforced it. I mean, it was a, it was a cheap poker table. I mean, yeah, like I my my fidgeting rubbed a hole in the felt though, and I know that. that was well, don't me. ruin this though. Yeah, I'm gonna try not to because clearly I can never ever replace it. <laughs> Kevin well, you guys are in the hundred episodes now, so it's time to step up your podcast game. I know, right? Um, oh, sure. Directly called out. I got a uh, yeah. We're getting Love older. You guys. Um, oh I, wow! I you called us old. That's awful, Abby. No, I How called. You? Well, yeah, I guess. I can. When did I call you old? Oh, you had, you Kevin just or Nick episodes. just said you. God damn it! I, it's been a while since I've done that. Give really? me a little credit. Um, and then I have uh, Virus Sabers is a new cyber company that I bought a little. Lightsaber from um, for like 120 bucks it wasn't horrible. Not a horrible quality. It's I don't know. It's not it's a pretty decent not looking deal though. It's uh. It, describe it for the audience. What it, color is it? Silver and black. I mean, it lights. I mean, it comes with everything. It comes with sound. For some reason, it didn't charge right. I don't know if it was because it only comes with the USB charger, and I the only USB plug uh, you know plugged into a plug that I could find was one for my iPhone. So I don't think that was the right charger to be using for this. I think those limit the amount of power that can be passed through them. Okay, Nick, now bring your voice low, a little softer, and then describe it. There you go. So it's okay, silver. Give me some, so give me some silver, Star Wars ASMR. So oh. it's silver and black. It's uh, got uh, kind of got a ring design to it with a fluted. Kind of a ring design on yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks, Kevin. I like the sexy undertone that you put in. Got a little fluted end, and it's got a little short uh, ends, 32-inch uh, blade. It does multiple colors, supposedly, and I, it did turn on for a little bit, so it does, like, flashy when you hit it, and it's reactive, and it comes with sound and light and everything. Seven you might colors. just need a charger with the right ambage. Uh, if, yeah. if it runs off the same, uh, like, charging circuit that, like, uh, Saberforge does... Um, I think it does. Uh, you might just be able to get a, uh, like, for 10 bucks on Amazon, you can probably get, uh, like, a 2.1 millimeter 3 amp charger well i need the i have the cord i just i need i don't think you need the, the right brick yeah the brick i think was the one for my iphone can gotcha. i have i have an, another one that's that you can use that's not for iphone which i think will probably charge it correctly because i think the brick for iphones actually limits the um, i would say uh like a, a possibly a samsung brick might do the okay. trick yeah, yeah, yeah um can i tell you guys a quick like really quick side story no we don't ever do that here <laughs> okay we don't ever get lightsabers i promise you're so kidding go ahead so i finally went to disney for the first time in february with my yeah. family it was awesome I was there. and i um well first of all i loved the whole star wars universe all we went to is hollywood studios but that's okay it was i mean the best and um but I I wanted to build a lightsaber while I was there, but I didn't realize that you had to like sign up for it in advance. And of course, it's gonna be super popular. Yeah. And then I found out that um, by one of the rides, they have this like kids build your own lightsaber thing, and I was like, ah, oh, heck yeah! So I pushed aside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so proud. Cheap plastic lightsaber and this is how chaotic i am i got a blue cross guard kind of like in kylo ren's lightsaber with a purple lightsaber blade and it makes the noises that you get from like a walmart lightsaber and i'm very proud of it 
Perfect. Perfect. That's all you need. It's a start. It's uh, a starter set. If you go back, I, I can't recommend doing the, the signing up for it as early as like well before you go uh, and doing it. It's it's worth every penny. Uh, the experience. If they ever open cool. again, I, I mean they will. It's. I think they did. I think uh, July fifteenth they yeah, reopened. You know, like safely open. Apparently, right. it's been very confusing because Universal and Disney both have the markers. They're like, you need to stay six feet apart. But one one park is like, you need to stand on the marker, and the other one said you need to stand between the markers. So apparently, it's made people in Florida very confused. Very weird. People in Florida, as sort of a default, are very confused. So. Yeah, true. Uh, and the last thing, I think, a table of that. Okay. So. Last week, I decided to write a screenplay. So I'm writing a screenplay, and Megan is now on board, and she's helping me edit the screenplay. And Ian is on board as my probably be my AD and my technical producer, and then Lee is my casting director. Uh, Amanda's going to help in some way, shape, or form. I don't know what yet, but probably be a producer. So I'm doing a Minnesota Z Fest, which is a film festival, a local film festival. So in a short little film for it. Do you want to do it, Kevin, or should I go for it? All right. Hey, Kevin. Yes. Did can you? Those are a lot of names. Did you did you notice any names missing from that list? Yeah, like a like a guy who, who wrote a script and directed a bunch of episodes. And yeah. Let him be in that show. Yeah, or, or like a guy who's performed next to him for years. Yeah, yeah. Me already. <laughs> Yeah, and on top of that, Rob, I was talking about the creative team. I wasn't talking about the cast, and unfortunately, I was going to ask you, so before you start with your smart-ass comments, <laughs> maybe you should just shut your fucking mouth and wait. Yeah! yeah. Finish yeah writing, guys. fucking writing it. Back off. He was about to thank me. Fuck. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that is really exciting, Nick. Well, it is because it's actually like I, I'm talking to Ian and I, you know, with it, it's going to be, and it's a really, it's not a happy-go-lucky movie. It's about PTSD and depression and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's not horrible. It's not like upsetting or anything, but it's, I think the way we're going to film it is going to be really good and powerful. And I think uh, it'll be fun to work on. So, yeah. Yeah. I look forward to seeing it. Yeah, it will be hopefully March sometime. Yeah, no, genuinely, I I love it. It sounds amazing, and I'm excited to hear about it. Yeah, it'll be cool. Yeah. So, Kevin, you got anything? <laughs> <laughs> Throws down the proverbial earring. Hey, Kevin, what's up? So, <laughs> as most of you know, I am something of a gamer. What? What? No. You? Yeah. So, on, on, uh, on Friday, technically late Thursday night... Uh, I picked up uh, a little title called uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was definitely expecting you to say Animal Crossing. <laughs> no, I wanted to pick that up, I'm, too. I've been playing that for, for, for months. No, I, it, uh, it is inspired by old Kurosawa films. Yes, sweet, um, like it already. Yep, yeah, and uh, uh, it is about a samurai warrior uh, like who already. has to defend the island of Tsushima. Uh, against the invading Mongols. Right, right, right. Uh, the leader, uh, the grandson of Genghis Khan, is actually played by the guy who played Ken Tanaka in oh, Glee. Yeah. Um, and so you can choose uh, English with English subtitles, Japanese with English subtitles, Fuck Japanese yeah. with Japanese, etc. Um, and you can even change the... Um, you can play the entire game in what they have gotten permission from the Akira Kurosawa estate. 
uh, as Kurosawa mode, uh, where it is black and white with an old like, <laughs> 60s grain filter. Nice. Um, it's very cool. Uh, the writing is astounding. The visuals are incredible. It, as, as soon as you're you're riding out, you know, to the sunrise on your horse uh, across these fields, you are just fucking blown away. Um, and this is by Sucker Punch, the same studio who did like Sly Cooper. Um, and actually, one of uh, two of my favorite video games of all time, Infamous and Infamous Two, uh, right. they did those yeah, as yeah. well. Um, so this is just another uh, in a long series of. Uh, studios who are uh, Sony just lets do what they want to do, throw away you know all of their mm-hmm. common IPs and just let them make a game. Insomniacs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Spider Man, the the new God of War, uh, and now Sucker Punches, uh, Ghost of Tsushima. It's incredible. Uh, I'm not even through the first act. I can't stop playing it. I was up until probably 3 a.m. last night <laughs> this morning, technically. Um, and I had to start work at 7.30. It was a decision I made as a, as a 36-year-old. Uh, it's so compelling. Um, all of, uh, both of the Japanese cast, obviously, but all of the American cast awesome. is our, our Asian actors. Great. Um, so you can you can actually uh, listen to it in in English and not feel like you're getting you know some kind of weeb experience. Right, 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 right. It's and a lot of the characters even modeled after um, you know their American that's you know, awesome. voice actors. So, that's awesome. Uh, like because that's how I realized it was Ken Tanaka because it looks because like I was like because it looks exactly like <laughs> him. I'm like holy wait. A, <laughs> No, I think you had to get out your phone and look it up. Yeah, yeah. at first I thought it was uh, I, I I thought it might have been uh, Benedict Wong. Okay, yeah. Uh, uh, but then uh, Saber was like, "No, I, I think that's what's his face from Galena." Yeah, that's him. I thought. So, yeah, it's uh, if this is the PS4's swan song, as it were. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of other titles got delayed and will just be coming out on the next gen consoles anyway. Uh, this is this is a hell of a note to go out on, right? Um, and I know you have a PS4. Don't even hesitate if get it. if you can get it. I was going to if you but liked I... old samurai. Oh uh, fuck yeah! Uh, <laughs> like the, the magnificent, <laughs> you know, like uh, the Seven yeah. Samurai yeah, yeah, yeah. or uh, uh, Yojimbo, Tor Tor Tor, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rob, are you clicking a pen? No, Ooh. that's me. Sorry, I have a pen in my hand. Okay, that's me. Uh, yeah, I was. You, Rob. I was gonna get okay. that for PS4, but then I I forgot to mention that I got Last of Us. Because I, I think I, t- I texted you and was like, yeah. ah, I'm fucking stuck on this yeah. part. I have Last of Us uh, 2 also. I haven't even started because I still have to finish Last of Us 1. But oh, I this, <laughs> this kind of took over everything else. So. I feel I feel compelled that I have to finish Last of Us because I bought it. So now I'm at, but I don't want to get, get that. that. I want to get that. I, I saw the preview for that. And I was like, this looks awesome. It's, uh, it, is the, it easy to play? Is It, easy it is. To... It's not like Sekiro. It's okay. not a soul style. So the combat will not uh, make you want to kill yourself. Uh, it's... A lot closer to, to God of War, or um, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at your episode where you <laughs> you play that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot more like God of War, Assassin's Creed. It's very oh, Assassin's nice. Creedy, okay. and uh, this is this is kind of placating the people who have been clamoring for a, a Japanese Assassin's Creed game because honestly, I think this is a lot better than anything. Uh, Ubisoft could have come out with anyway because they would have had to work in all the other stories and all right, that right. future past bullshit. And this is just a, a very well done, uh, pretty historically accurate, um, uh, just dramatic tale. 
uh, where right. you just get to ride across, you know, Tsushima Island, which is modeled after the actual island between South Korea and Japan. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's awesome. That sounds super awesome. Pick it up if uh, if you if you're interested in, in literally any of the things I just said. Um, this is definitely gonna, I'm sure, be most people's game of the year. Fantastic. Yeah, I yeah, I gotta. Ah, fuck, I gotta pick it up. <sighs> so many things to do. It's a little time. Uh, anything else for nerd grabs? No. Hey, I also got some new dice from Infinite Clack, and they're very cool because they come with a little book that you can roll the dice into. <laughs> nice. Nice. This Ooh. One of my favorite stones, if not my favorite stone. Was it an infinity stone? No, it's just like okay. blue and blue. They should make infinity stone dice, I'm just saying. Also the name of the two androids from Dragon Ball Z, but that's neither here nor there. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was Nerd Grabs, brought to you by Jaybird Wines. Um, I think anything else anybody wants to promote or anything? And uh, we have now uh, two episodes of AY per week. Uh, we have uh, Force... Uh, cranking those things up. Yeah, we have uh, Fallen Order on Fridays, and we have uh, Mario Mondays now. Um, and then uh, there will be kind of other stuff kind of peppered in there. As right. well. I um, bet Kevin. I think he's probably pretty good at cranking it. We're doing a, a new review episode, and that will be oh. to the new No Man's Sky Desolation, the horror add-on. So that nice. At some point. Those are harder to do, so... Makes sense. Um, yeah, anything you got going on, Ron? Yeah, uh, very, very soon. Uh, it is in the final stages of editing. Um, uh, a Feast of Sadness will be putting out a video. And uh, I've seen the first cut of it. It looks really good. But um, there will be a video coming out shortly. Uh, a little musical uh, social distancing thing that we did as a group. And uh, it'll be good. Nice. Abby, do you have anything you want to brag about? Just get out? Just, uh... Uh, yeah. Uh, so I know this is a really um, just kind of turbulent time right now as far as there's just... Uh, I mean, there's a lot going on in the world with Black Lives Matter. And, and then also just with people are really hurting as far as COVID and being out of work and the economy and such. But um, if you are so inclined to donate, there's a great Boston... Um, it's it's called Trans Resistance on Facebook, if you look them up. They are um, a, a group of people that are collecting donations to build a shelter for marginalized trans people in Boston. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. For all you Boston listeners, I know there's quite a few people in, in Massachusetts that listen to it. <laughs> I still don't know how to spell it. I don't answer. I, well, we all know how I, I don't use words well, so um, I'm not even going to try. Um, I, I some, get lost in the S's. I think I put, like, too many S's in every time. Massachusetts. Ma- Massachusetts. Because I know we, I, I can tell from our downloads that we we uh, we get a lot of listeners from them. Probably mostly Abby, but that's fine. <laughs> we have a happy ending coming up here, so if you want to stick around and listen to us, spoil the hell out of The Old Guard, a Netflix movie. You most certainly can. I think Abby's going to stick around for that, and because I think she has some opinions. But other than that, this that is I do <laughs> fantastic. Uh, this has been best threesome ever, episode one hundred and nine. Brought to you by Hero Goods and Games. I'm Nick. I'm Rob. I'm Kevin. Abby. Yay. <laughs>Hi, this is Kevin with Best Threesome Ever. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ever. Always remember the number, not the word. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at best underscore threesome underscore ever. 
So oh, welcome intro. to Best Threesome Ever. So Happy we are back with something we haven't done in a long time. A, another happy ending there. for a Netflix series called uh, The Old Guard. It's not a series. Movie, series. You know, the yeah. thing that is a thing. It's a, the thing. Budget, apparently the budget was $70 million. $70 million. Wow. Really? Yes. Yeah. Wow. So cheap. I mean, it's Netflix. They're loaded. Right, but it seemed like it would be oh, more expensive. Yeah, it's not a lot. Um, especially with the cast that they have. Um, oh, yeah. Like, <clears> 35 <throat> billion of that was Charlize Theron's budget. Probably. I wonder if they take less for doing Netflix. She was one of the producers. It's It was all her oh, budget. Gotcha. Yeah, so The Old Guard uh, is on Netflix. Stars Charlize Theron and a bunch of other people. I'm that's sure. that's kind of accurate. Um, you should tell the edge for. That's a that's a very good way to put it. There's there's two very notable people, one amusingly notable person, and the rest are just like, oh, yay, new people. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think the new people did a bad job. No, they did great. Um, yeah. they, they totally carried themselves in this movie, and it was absolutely great. overall. I really liked it. I thought it was really awesome. The action sequences were fantastic. There were some little itsy bitsy nuancey things that I didn't like and some continuity issues I had with the movie. But other than that, it was really good. Uh, and the story was better than I expected. So it is based on a graphic novel. Okay. Um, by Greg Rucka. Written when, do you know? Uh, oh, a time. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough, a time. Time works. Yeah. A time and a place. Uh, like in the last five years, I believe. Okay. But yeah, I, you're looking it up already anyway, so. I sure am. Yeah. I was talking about oh, yeah, Image. Well, I, I know. I was just... Image Comics, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was by Image Comics. It was uh, written by Greg Rucka, uh, who is a fairly prominent uh, comic book writer at this point. Wow, 2017. It is very new. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fairly recent. According to Wikipedia, only two major changes happened from the uh, big parts of the, the story, which is. Um, Quinn was not Quinn in the comics, mm-hmm. and uh, Quinn did not go out in an Iron Maiden. Hmm. Just got washed overboard, and her name was. Uh, I really like that decision. I'm glad they changed it. Me too. It it sets up a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, when I first started watching the movie, um, I was a little hesitant at first. I I didn't read the description before I started, if I'm being honest, and I thought it was going to be just a really kind of serious, your typical assassin type movie. Mm-hmm. But then in the first fight, they started bringing out swords. And I was like, ooh, okay. And then that really cool axe. I mean, you know me, I love axes. I was hooked with that. You do? I, weird. I don't, that, I, yeah. I don't understand that. Why do you, why do you, did you used to work at an axe place or something? Come on. It's like I compete. You know, an axe throwing, it's not, it's not a big deal. Like, I, I, I competed in Canada. The International Axe Throwing Championships is fine. <laughs> not terribly throwable. Can you throw a double-headed axe? Actually, that's something I thought about bringing up. So, while I really like her axe, which there's a name for that axe. I think it's, what was it, what was it? Uh, Labrys? I think, I don't know how you pronounce it. It's um, L-A-B-R-Y-S? Yeah. Labrys, you're right. Yeah. It is a really cool-looking axe, and maybe it's effective for her fighting style, but for throwing, it would actually be horrible because it's not good to throw axes that are rounded. They'll bounce right out of the board. 
Or sure. people. The bomb fed out of people. Because they were yeah. thrown at my people. There you go. Yeah, so there's there some some parts of that axe. I'm like, it looks really cool, but functionally, it's probably not mm-hmm. super effective. Because an axe has to have a point to stick. But I don't know. Maybe that blade was just extremely sharp. But yeah, I actually definitely thought about that. Was when I first saw that axe, I was like, "Hmm, could I throw that?" And then my second thought was, "No, I definitely couldn't." But it'd be really pretty, and I want it anyway. <laughs> You're becoming a yeah. Nick. <laughs> You're looking at the technical aspects of weapons, and that's I adore that, Kevin. Uh oh. So Neville Longbottom. Was that, right? <laughs> I, know. I thought I recognized him from somewhere, and I looked it up. That's fucking great. He was. He, although every time when I first saw him, he reminded me of the yellow guy from Sin City for some odd reason. Like he has a very similar, like Nick uh, Nick Stoll's character. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. I get that. Yeah, uh, it, but it's the same level of Weasley. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's he's he's kind of an allegory for the the pharma bro. <laughs> um, just I if he if he tried harder. Yeah. Working in Boston, which is just biotech city, especially. Yeah, it's it's very that villain hit close to home for me. And at first, I was a little offended, and then I was like, <laughs> "But it's so true." Mm-hmm. They really do, like they'll say, "Oh, we're trying to change the world, but also make a lot of money." Oh, yeah. Anyone in Boston knows that if you want to actually make money in Boston, you have to work at biotech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've worked in. So in it's, pharmacy it was for... a little too real. <laughs> It's like dealing with you, Rod. It is a little bit. I'm sorry. Uh, and I've worked in, in pharmacy for quite a few years now, so it also uh, hit home uh, uh, quite closely for me as well. It was very believable. I could definitely see some kind of crazed biotech company trying to capture people like this, and maybe they have good intentions, but you know, how moral is it? Yeah, they're basically <coughs> Pfizer. <coughs> what? I'm sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, just a little bit of a. A little bit of coughing? COVID cough there. Wow. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah, the uh, the fight sequences are pretty fucking amazing. I feel, you know, as, as movies progress, that these fight scenes are just going to try to get more and more crazy. There's a few things that I was... I, off the top of my head, I can't remember what they were exactly, but I know I had a few issues with some of the fight scenes, the way they did things. And there's some continuity, continuity issues I had. Like, the very first scene when she gets shot, she has a gun in her hand, but then... All of a sudden, she has to holster it or unholster it when she comes back alive. Which, um, oh, by, by the way, spoilers. Oh yeah, the what plot... about the part where she shoots Nyla in the back and then you see a bullet in her head? Yeah, that too. Um, well, and other small things like when the Marines yell for a medic, Marines wouldn't yell for a medic; they'd yell for a corpsman because medics don't. Marines don't have medics; they have corpsmen. Well, someone who, as someone who isn't familiar with that, I think it. Is easier to understand when they yell medic. I know it is, and I and I understand why they do it. I just was like I said, these are just my little personal quibbles about it that you picked up. There was something else too with a piece of paper, a note, or something, and also why why that one scene towards the end, maybe it's in the middle, why she has to reload her pistol after every three bullets is just totally bizarre to me. Like even in a firefight, you wouldn't need to do that, but it seems like between three to five rounds, she reloads her mag or gun which i'm like a i don't see you carrying that many magazines but b that's silly i appreciated that overcorrection though what do you mean uh i mean i noticed them reloading yes and that was great like i was like oh yeah 
there's actual reloading in this movie. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. I love a it. lot of it. A, like a, a lot of it. Like Thor Ragnarok, where those those two <laughs> magazines and, and his guns last roughly four hundred and thirty seven bullets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, it, book. like I appreciate. Yes, maybe it was an overcorrection, but I appreciated it because like they they pointed out a huge like problem with action films is where Absolutely. they don't reload ever, right. ever. It's seldom, yeah, right. And yeah. I a long time so it ago sold I, it for me, right. And I, and it could have just been like an uh, like the way they cut it, and like it could have just been like the multiple cuts that in that particular scene. But uh, yeah, most most don't. They usually kind of, and I, I let go of that one a long time ago where I stopped counting bullets because every bullet, every gun has like thirty thousand bullets in it. So, so a quick overview of this movie: um, there are four immortals. Uh, who are basically uh, mercenaries in our time period, and they start getting chased down by Big Pharma, uh, so that they can, so that Big Pharma can steal their immortality to sell life-saving drugs. Forever. Uh, and a new immortal shows up, and Charlize Theron's immortal stops being immortal, and then uh, events transpire. Yeah, so it's like a limited immortality. They are. Immortal until suddenly one day they aren't, and that's the end. And they never know when that day will be. Yeah, exactly. Which that's I fun. like that. Um, and there's yeah, a... that makes them a little bit more vulnerable. I I enjoyed that. Yeah, there's there's also a plot line about a, a missing immortal. I liked that plot line, but I also called that plot line from the beginning of the movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like yeah. So so there's a character Quinn. She gets lost uh, sometime in the time period in a flashback, and you know, during the witch trials. Yeah, during the witch. During yeah, during the witch trials, and she gets put in an Iron Maiden and thrown out to sea. And, you don't an Iron Maiden because I didn't see spikes on the inside. Uh, just because that never actually existed. Uh, Iron Maidens with spikes were the product of somebody finding an actual Iron Maiden. Uh, having spikes and wanting to make it look oh. a little more menacing. Uh, the Iron Maidens never uh, contain the actual spikes as oh. a torture device. Yeah. Good to know. That would actually kill them. And that wasn't the point of the device. It was to torture. Didn't mean to be smarmy about that. <laughs> the torture. We're hunting <laughs> pirates. <laughs> Kip, bring me my slippers. Ah. Uh, Sex of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Billy West, yeah, I agree with you. And stuff. Also, yes. Uh, anyways, the but the plot of of Quinn's storyline throughout the movie, like, I I liked it. I also called it because mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew they were going to set up for a sequel and she was going to show up and yeah, a mile away. Yeah, <laughs> well, you, you throw something metal. Like, what? Can we discuss theories about how you think she got out? Because I. It's been racking. The metal rusted and she got out. Th- theory. It has to be because it's no, been. No, Abby, so Abby, we don't, we don't do theories on this show. We just let it happen. Yeah, it, it's wild conjecture, yeah. baseless accusations only. Yeah. We never, <laughs> okay, perfect. So Superman came in, picked her up. <laughs> Fucking nailed it. Yep, there you go. You got Damn it. Right. You stole my answer. comics, it's Spawn. <laughs> you know what? Spock shows up, it's wild. Trick. Patrick Duffy was in the shower the whole time. Trick, it's bigger on the inside. <laughs> Which way? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, like the metal has to rust out by then. Like I know um, one one piece that you didn't mention is they have dreams about each other. If they are apart or if there's someone new until they meet, they dream about each other. And the new girl, Nile, 
has dreams about um, this Quinn character who is trapped. She says she is continually drowning and scraping against imagine? this metal coffin, which My- sounds Fucking nightmare. <laughs> right. My say, fucking nightmare. I was going to say, welcome but, to Kevin's worst fear. <laughs> like, I wonder how recent those dreams are because they made it seem like it was pretty close to real time. So that means yeah. she didn't break out that long ago. Granted, when she shows up, they do the whole six months later thing. But but still, that's six months. The, the metal should have been rusted out by then. It was an iron coffin in the bottom of the sea. And also, how does Niall not, if, if it's real time dreaming, how does Niall not know that she got out? Right. Um, maybe that'll well, be I mean, it, I mean they can't control the dreams. Yeah, and sure. if it was real time and she was still in the box of that place, maybe Niall does see her escape, and that's you know kind of one of the first parts of the next part, film. But part of it, I think, too, was I think the dreams are only when they're within proxim- a certain proximity of them, because it doesn't seem like if they're across the globe that they can... The dreams happen. Doesn't seem like it because what weren't they pretty far from now when they had the dream about her? But they yeah. were they were in, within they were over in the Middle East. They weren't like in America, and then they had no. They were in the Sudan. Oh well, yeah, you they were the, they were the, still the, in, the Sudan is the Middle East. Yes, yeah, they were still they were still over. Ah. In the, so I mean, I, within like five hundred miles or something. And my thought is is that she probably did break out because. Even if you throw it in a deep part of the ocean and you do the science, yes, it might delay the rust of the sun, of the iron and blah, blah, blah. So let's give it, like, let's say 300 years, whatever. But she's probably also been chasing them around, and she doesn't. it's not like they have global positioning systems on themselves. Um, so she's probably, Quinn has probably been tracking them down for some time, but just trying to find them, and has finally caught up with them. And I, maybe that might be her story. That's my other theory is that maybe either the metal rusted out or some divers found her and she got out and killed them or who knows what. Because let's oh, be honest, I would be mad after being trapped and drowning continually for five hundred years. God, that would be the worst. But she said that she'd heard of and knew of um, Booker when she met him. Well, because she was but Booker came into the story after she was already trapped underwater. So she had to have had some time when she got out to track them down and kind of figure out a little bit about, okay, who's immortal now? I mean, even if she got dreams about them, I I don't know, because maybe she was dreaming about them too. She had to have been. Yeah, she would have had the exact same dream like about Niall that everybody else did. Yeah. Yeah. Although... Can we talk about how you're dreaming if you are only alive for three minutes at a time? Uh, it'd be pure hell is what it would be. Yeah. I just, I, like, I thought of, I'm like, even when they just showed it for, like, 30 minutes, I'm like, God, that'd be the worst. It'd be yep. so shitty. Yep. I don't want to get too much into it because Kevin is visibly sweating right now. <laughs> Well, and then they get into it immediately after talking about, oh, I've never been burned alive before. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Well, you know, some deaths would would uh, at some point, I'm sure, just be kind of a game, like uh, like a Groundhog's Day, right? Oh, or yeah, like in a Deadpool sort well, of they way. End up laughing about it, talking about being burned alive, right? But... Right. Well, and I I wonder, like, could you behead them, and would they still be alive? I mean, is it like fucking? They're gonna be only one Highlander. Um, I mean, they, they made it seem like it could be right. nearly dismembered and still. Yeah, as long as somebody pushed your parts back together, you would kind of remake okay. yourself. Mm. Yeah, yeah uh, like, maybe see Niles' bone snap back into place. <sighs> yeah, but I'm like, oh, that scene. Wolverine like, pulled that one after Hulk ripped him in half. Right. I want to point out that this movie, uh, 
uh, delved into both Kevin and my worst fears. Because, Kevin, yours is the perpetually drowning thing. Oh, jumping off a building is my thing. I, this is this is this is why I know that should it ever get dark enough, I'm going for a noose, or I'm going for pills, or I'm going for drugs. It will not be a bridge. And heights are not my issue. Yeah, heights yeah. are my issue. Well, the way that... they filmed it too was just terrifying. Oh, that was awful. It was... I thought it was cool. <laughs> I didn't do that, but it was a very, very good, well done shot. Yeah, it's extremely because you could. It added to the the ouchie at the end. Forever sinking into the abyss. Well, it also was Unable a big to breathe, moment for Kevin. her because not only had Niall turned around to come back and save them, Niall at that point when she jumps off the building has accepted. This is my life now. I can throw myself off a building, and this is my truth now. I'm going to walk away from it. I also liked the admittedly cliche moment of her, uh, of Andy and Niall having that final click into place bonding moment where they're like, oh, we get each other now, where she goes, do you think he speaks Russian? Like, <laughs> it was a little cliche, but I appreciate it. Well, I mean, it followed a lot of the, you know, the, the tropes of the, you know, somebody becoming a hero, like the rejecting, yeah. the, the you know your your place and that kind of a thing. Yep. But yeah, it, it was very by the numbers, but it 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 did it very well. Yeah, it was it was by the numbers, but boy oh boy, did it hit the sweet spot every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really good. So, how old do you think Andy is? Because they skirt around that the whole film, and they hang on, I actually know the like, answer. Oh, I she is so old. When God said, "Let there be light," she flipped the switch. No, no, let's not do this. Oh my god. She's so old that if you ask her boxers or briefs, she says, depends. She is so old. She refers to Pangea as the old neighborhood. That is probably accurate. (laughs) She remembers the sphinx without the nose. She has to be at least 2,300 years old just from what I'm estimating, because it has a lot of hints about her being from ancient Greece. And even if she's from before then, that seems to be a really pivotal time for her because she mentions that at one point she was worshipped as a god. Well, in Greek and Roman mythology, it's not strange to have a god show up in a human form and be among them. Isn't that the name of... um... Of what uh, Hector's wife? Yes, Andromache yes. is the name of Hector's wife uh, from Troy. Uh, and then her her name, which I'm going to totally butcher, it's Andromache. Andromache. Andromache is Greek for fighter of men. So there's that as well. And then like even with the baklava scene, I know baklava is Turkish, but kind of in that area of the Mediterranean, like she, it goes to the effort of showing that she loves baklava and can tell where it's from. And then, then finally to her, her labrys, the ax, which is only wielded in ancient Greece by female goddesses. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of tiny hints that I think are hinting to ancient Greece. And even if you went to the fall of ancient Greece, when Rome um, just kind of takes over, that would be about 2,500, 2,300 years ago, if I'm correct with my history. So she has to be at least that old. So in ancient mythology, uh, Andromache was the wife of Hector, who was killed by Achilles at the Trojan War. 
Mm -hmm. uh, she's considered the uh, the ultimate uh, um, example of fidelity of uh, womanhood. She's the uh, uh, pinnacle of virtue. She she represents the suffering of Trojan women during the Trojan War. Um, so yeah, like she is actually steeped in a lot of history, even though actually it's more mythology. But yeah, I mean, if if she's supposed to be the same one, I think that's the idea. Like, so the the Wikipedia article for Andromache, the uh, the mythological character, links from the Wikipedia page of the old card. <laughs> I thought for I thought for a second that in the movie Troy back in two thousand four, I thought. She played Andromache. She did not. Uh, Saf- Saffron Burroughs did. No, she was not. I couldn't remember who's in the movie because I kind of oh, forgot about the movie because nobody cares about it. Yeah, Orlando Bloom. Yeah, I like that movie. And uh, Brad Pitt was Brad in that because he was Achilles. Uh, Brian Cox was it? Yeah, Brian Cox. I think Eric Eddie Bannon. just hung up on us. <laughs> oh no, sorry. I was scratching my face and hit the microphone. That was nice. big oops. Nice. Yeah. Well, the question is if. Did was she around even before then? But that's just kind of when she made kind of her immortal appearance, or maybe that's when she she was kind of hiding in the hiding in the background before, and then she just was immortal, and then or kind of fall of Troy was when well, she became um, immortal, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. On IMDb, it, it actually says that the the actress mentions that Andy might be over 6,000 years old, but that puts her at Mesopotamia. Uh, that makes sense, too, though. Yeah. like I mean, it did say she was alone for a long time before she found anyone. Quinn. Right. Or Zycon. Uh, yeah. Is yeah. that the other one? Zycon? I think that was the thing, yeah. Mesopotamia. Huh, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. You're a Mesopotamia. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes I make a Mesopotamia when I'm by myself. Oof. Sweet Lord in heaven. So this has been best stories ever. <laughs> Andromache is so old. <laughs> I just, I think that's something they're going to continue to dangle in front of our faces and will never actually tell us, at least not until we get a couple movies in. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Right. I hope I never know. I hope we never find out. She's eventually going to have to die, though, because she's clearly has to age now. Cause she's well, yeah, she's mortal now. Mortal. Or could get potentially killed or just die of old age. Uh, I believe we've skirted over, and I, I believe criminally, the, the best story of the movie. And that is the sweet, sweet, wholesome love of Joe and Nikki. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They're so cute. Those two were adorable. Oh, they were so cute. And f- fucking just even hilarious. They're, even they're arrested, they're banter. Oh, I could have, I could have definitely used a little bit more of them. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I would have. I, I, I will take an entire... Uh, Four-part miniseries of Joe and Nikki during the Crusades. The, pre- the 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 prequels, yeah. Yeah. Please make it happen. Yeah. He killed me. It was love at first sight. Awesome. We <laughs> <laughs> run off this killed side. each other a lot of times. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. What's I, cuter than killing your significant other multiple times? Nothing. Nothing is cuter than absolutely that. not because you know they're going to come back anyways. But yeah, they might becomes her. <laughs> they're remaking that movie, by the way. They sure are. With Margot Robbie. They sure are. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Choices. I'm not against it. I'm not against Margot Robbie. I'm just against remaking Death Becomes Her. Sure. I mean, it wasn't a great movie. It was Bruce fine. Willis and those people. <laughs> Susan Sarandon, was it? Yeah, maybe, so. yeah. And then, what's her name? Um, she played the, the ghost mom in fucking Casper. What's her name? 
What makes you think that that hole is going to work on us? Also, did she? I I don't know. I don't recall her playing the the, the mom. Not the mom, but the evil lady that was trying to play. Yeah, I don't recall her playing that lady. Oh, 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 it wasn't Susan Sarandon. He's thinking of someone else. The Uh, The other Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep was also not in Casper, but yeah, no, she was not. But it was Meryl Streep. No, I know who you're thinking of. Goldie she was Hahn. also in Soap, which is a great underrated film. Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep. That was Goldie Hawn. Hmm. Somebody's gonna post Susan. I Stanton. was picturing. I was picturing the lady that's trying to buy the property. That oh, I know what you're talking about. I just so no, not Meryl Streep. No, it is not. Yeah. Anyway, hi. How you doing, Abby? <laughs> Abby, this is how we really. This is how this is this really this go. Is, this is the show. Yeah. This really informative. <laughs> well, what I want to know is where can, one of these days you just need to have like a director's cut and give me all the bloopers. Well, I was going to do it for a thing, but some of our bloopers we can't air. We, we, yeah, there are some we just <clears throat> can't air. And I don't think people want to listen to our banter when we fuck up stuff. Yeah. Mainly me. I mean, there, we could definitely make like, oh, yeah. a blooper reel. That I think would be kind of fun, but we would have to curate it first. Yeah, it would. It, we would have a lot of like a lot of shit to go through. It would. It would be between. It would be the three of us in a room, and it would have to be unanimous thumbs up for it to be okay. Like all three of us listening to a different section of episodes, uncut all the way through. <laughs> yep. Welcome to my world. Yeah. Maybe at our next milestone, we'll do that. Which uh, I don't know what the next milestone would be. Even if you did just like a little five-minute bit. Like some of the best bloops. <laughs> we even tried to think of some of our best like stuff we've done. It's like we have over a hundred episodes. It's like <sighs> so many. Why don't you just ask your audience? Ask what some of their sure, do it the easy way. Because I don't know why. <laughs> we like doing so, it the hard way. We like it hard, Abby. Real technically no, hard. So what do you guys think of the music in the movie? I thought they had some pretty interesting choices. I sure did enjoy that weird post-apocalyptic emo soundtrack. I unironically enjoyed it. Uh, No, unironically, so did I. But I I do want to point out that there was a very specific cliche going on with the with the style of music. Oh, sure, yeah. I don't, I don't, I didn't, I don't remember much about the soundtrack. So, which probably means I didn't hate it. So, it's okay with it. Because if I hated it, I would remember something like, "Oh, this sure fucking vibe with it." It's like bad lighting design in a theater show. Yeah, when you see it, you're just. it's all you can focus. It's all you can focus on. Right, but I thought whatever they, what I do remember, I don't remember exact songs, but what I do remember is that it, I liked how the music seemed to pair very well with what was going on in the story. Versus sometimes when you, you know, hear music and like this doesn't quite jive with the fucking what's going on here. So yeah, it's just it's not often for me that when I'm watching a show, I will notice the music right away. But there were some moments in this movie. Where, like, when she's going up the elevator, um, Niall is going up the elevator to the restricted lab. And, like, oh, yeah. And I was like, huh. That just made it a really cool moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was thinking of the elevator scene in... Uh, Captain America Winter Soldier? No. Um, um, Ghostbusters? No. Uh, Oscar? No. Wow. Wow. There's a poll. You're welcome. Oh, Oscar. Oh. I also don't remember if there's an elevator scene with Oscar. No. Oh, uh, 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 Driving Miss Daisy. No. Does that have an elevator scene? It does. It's I in know. the beginning of the movie. 
That's uh, how you meet Morgan Freeman. Down to the bit. That's and where the, you were? Yeah. The whole, what makes you think you were going to get there? <laughs> because it's fucking hilarious because they get in the elevator in the mall. They're in the elevator and it's fucking... Uh, uh, who's the guy... Uh, Fuck, Chuck Mangione is playing, and it's like this fucking jazzy bluesy song after being chased by zombies, and they're kind of like, I like the song. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the one the, guy's like, I like this song. And it's just like one of those like moments of levity at a very quote-unquote scary, okay. uh, scary part, and then you're just like, that was fucking hilarious. Also, the, the redone Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles where they're doing a jam session. Oh, yeah, where they, where they That's a pretty box. good elevator scene, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I ironically kind of like that movie. Like, <laughs> I like it. I'm, I'm a whole, it's not great, but like, it's not horrible. all of its, like, its pieces are, are are pretty great. Yeah. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. The second one I couldn't finish. Yeah, the second one's kind of... I didn't like... Uh, you said on the whole, and I immediately went to... I didn't, like, I didn't like Casey Jones. <laughs> oh, I, I liked Green Arrow Casey Jones. I didn't like... Uh, uh, everybody loves Raymond's brother as Kang. Oh, I thought yeah. it was a terrible choice. Yeah, oh, that's stupid. Yeah, it's, yeah, I agree. So, was, was it he just in voice, or was he actually in the movie? It was just in voice. voice. Oh, and you could tell it was Brad. And that Garrett. was bad. Really? It's Brad Gary. It didn't yeah. fit. I'm with you. 100. You need a crank. Should be a little <clears> high pitched. Oh, and, sure, <clears> sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it should be. Hey, Raymond Shredder, I mean, can you please get these Ninja Turtles out of here? It didn't vibe with me. I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Abby, that was Kevin, not actually Brad Garrett in the room. Shut up! (laughs) I do have good impressions. No, I thought. Brad Garrett is not one of them, but I do have good impressions. And I will tell you. Name one, Kevin. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, the you're infinity. lucky the earrings are already off. <laughs> the infinity gauntlet has been tossed. Oh, let's go. Like, please show me some of your impressions. I, I was kind of ironic. I liked your impression of Brad Garrett. Actually, no. I think it was all great. Uh, uh, I was gonna say you're you're like the. Uh, this would have been greater if I could remember the fucking actor's name. Doctor <laughs> Strange. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch? You're the Benedict Cumberbatch of impressions. Because he does a lot of really good fucking impressions. Like, you know, Star Lord, Chris Pratt. Yeah, he does quite a Tom Hiddleston does some really funny ones too, especially on Graham Norton show, especially when he does his heat impression right in front of Robert De Niro. I have two. And that sums up our review of. Uh, yeah, I I'm really looking forward to the next one. Oh, I, I hope there's the next announcements one. about it, but I know they've already yeah. signed contracts with a lot of the major characters, and it did really well. So yeah, it, it, I think there's some discussion of who will direct the next one because the um, director, blanking on her name, um, she I think already accepted another big movie job. So oh, I'll make it work out in their timing. So how does I'm cu- curious, and obviously it's because of like subscriptions. But how does like a you? I mean, obviously they can count the views because a little bit easier. Um, but how do they make money or decide how much money they're going to give them? Is it just based on like how many views they have, and then they go, okay, you, you know, subscriptions are X amount. We make this amount. We'll give you this amount plus sponsorship, obviously. How many oh, new subscribers that month came out? 
And how many new subscribers uh, came to the platform the day the thing was released? Hmm. That could be that. Oh, I'm sure it's a big part of it. Yeah. It hmm. would not surprise me anyways. Money. Well, it depends. Did they advertise it outside of Netflix? I didn't hear about it until Kevin mentioned it, honestly. Yeah, because I didn't hear about it either. So if it was about getting new members, they would have... Netflix, Netflix has a strong social media uh, they do. advertising. I, I've game. seen Facebook, and I'm pretty sure on YouTube ads, yeah. I, I, I'd seen some. Mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing any ads for it, but... Hmm. But the fact that uh, Netflix released the numbers is huge, because they don't, ever. Yeah. And so the fact that they released the numbers for this is... Sounds like they were pretty confident. They're, yeah, sounds like they were pretty confident about how many people really like. Like, apparently, this was good enough that they were willing to release the numbers. That's right. Well, and they probably make something too off of all of the people talking about it. Oh, absolutely. And sharing it. Um, so I think just even seeing the social media response to this film has probably been very encouraging. Yeah. Well. People are signing contracts, and they're definitely going to do something with it. So that was, um, yeah, that was a movie. Like, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that movie. I can't wait for the sequel, so long as it happens. So on our, you know, non-really Our non-useful scale anymore? Well, but it is still a scale. Like, but, I mean, even if we could still go to theaters, it was a Netflix movie, so we wouldn't be able to use it anyway. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have Netflix... Resubscribe so you can watch it. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, and, and if you need something else to watch with your your new Netflix subscription for a month, uh, Warrior Nun. I want to watch that on my list. Weird enough to be enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, she she faffed around a lot, and I wish she would make up her goddamn mind a little quicker. But it was it was a fun watch. I uh, month Umbrella Academy. Yeah, and then I think that we it came out a couple of years ago with that Russian superhero movie with the dude that turns into like a grizzly bear. Yeah, the Guardians. Yeah, that was, I think that's on Netflix as well. If it's not on Netflix. You know what else is on Netflix? Uh, Star Trek. Your sure mom. is. Sure is. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I don't think the original series isn't. It is. Is it? Yeah. Um, I just check. I thought I knew Dex Gen was, and I knew Voyager was. And Deep Space Nine is. Oh, yeah, Deep Space Nine. Yeah, it was in my queue for a while. I think I might need to read I know. I, de- I doubt it'll be there much longer, though. It's special with CBS All Access. As soon as that contract is up, it'll probably be gone. Probably. Yeah. Specifically, I think I'm just going to watch the episode of Voyager, the, the Year of Hell. It's a good episode. Oh, no. Why? <laughs> Connotations, man. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so, any other final thoughts? Well, I, I would say, you know, go see it. it yeah. My shot seat. Put it to the top of your list. Yep. Yeah. Put it at the top of your Netflix. That's a good. Queue. That's yeah. a good. Yeah. Watch top, it. Top of the queue. Watch it. Tell your family to watch it. Tell your cat to watch it. It's pretty good. Not too can't have time in between episodes. Of... Uh, uh, yeah, and nailed it. Well, the funny and thing then... is, she likes it because they they show shots of outside the tent, and they usually have like bird noises. <laughs> uh, sure, sure. That makes sense. <laughs> I too am distracted by bird noises. When I bet you the cat is thinking, when are they going to put those damn birds in the stuff they're making? Because that would be delicious. <laughs> A magpie. Ah. I, I think that's Got everything. 
Probably. As long as it doesn't have a soggy bottom. Okay! (laughs) That's right. I want TV to know. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, That's right. I watched Great British Bake Off. Move on. Uh, That's funny. Yeah, so any other... Abby, what's your... your, Since we gave our rating, what's your rating? Oh, she said make your cat watch it. Yeah. (laughs) That's never show enough. uh, You know... From uh, don't see it at all to fucking put it at the top of your queue. And I everything would say in between. put it in the top of your queue. It's it's surprisingly good. You know, I because I didn't expect much. You know, there we I didn't read the graphic novel, but I really enjoyed it, and I would recommend it to everyone else. And I went into this. I went into it to it blind, and uh, I. I Top of your queue, man. It's so worth it. I got yelled at for trying to finish it without uh, Joanna. Because <laughs> it was that good. Hilarious. Yeah, I did too. I definitely went into it with, I mean, Kevin said, yo, you guys got to watch this. So I was like, okay, it sounds exciting. And I watched it and I was like, wow, this was pleasantly enjoyable. It was very good. Yeah. I don't rewatch movies often, but I think I'd go back and watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a yeah. that's a good selling point right there. Yeah, I would buy it because that's the only times I buy movies is movies I would rewatch over and over again. Otherwise I don't buy them. Alright. Anything else? Final thoughts? No, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. It's only been two and a half hours. I'm, I'm gonna go play some beat saber. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Yeah. Hey, I've that's been my quarantine activity, first of all. That's how I've been getting exercise because it gets my heart rate up. It keeps me inside where I'm safe. No one else gets your heart rate up. All right, that's been our episode. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Alrighty, so this has been... uh, Are we going to close this thing down yet? No. We haven't since actually finished the damn thing. Uh, This has been Happy Happy Endings, Endings. which we haven't done for a while, of uh, Netflix movie... The Old Old Guard. That's (laughs) So I'm Nick. I'm Rob. I'm Kevin. And I'm Abby. And we will see you next time. The views held here by the nerds of Best Threesome Ever do not directly reflect the views of nerds everywhere. 